good Tuesday afternoon. No Drew, no KB, no brother man. Instead, they are still in Mexico. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. Willie on the Porter's other side not of the here table. today. Who is else it, isn't here today? Willie Porter's not going to be here today? Uh, N- no. Uh, Adobe Maxwell? I uh, know. How about Adobe Gray? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. Dorian Gray? <laughs> Johnny Gray? Ooh, Johnny Gray. We can always call it Johnny. Dr. Huh? Johnny Fever? May he rest in peace. Yeah. He's no and longer it, with us. Ah, uh, you know, I always like to, before we do a show uh, in the afternoon, I always like to get a good good meal beforehand. Okay. A little fast food meal. <laughs> no, 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 no. Those are two different things. <laughs> well, Those are two different things. A good meal and a fast food meal are two wildly different well, things. Well, good. Okay, then I probably described that wrong. Good comfort meal. I had a little mm. Oakland Euros. Oh, see, now that's good. Are you a Euro guy? Yeah. Okay. I like a good Euro. What and the- Oakland Euros has the best Euros in town, I think. I haven't seen any other Euros or tasted any other Euros. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be – do they still have the one on the south side near the airport? Well, that's the one I was at. Okay. But that- the, there's the original and then there's that one. Yes, there, there's two of them. And I've had both. Yep. Not recently. But the the original yep. on Oakland <laughs> and Locust? Yes. Oakland and Locust. Yes, right in the corner there. Yeah. Uh, that is by far, to me, the superior of the two. Well, I be, think because it's got all that tradition. It's been there for you know, a thousand years. <laughs> Maybe. And the, the one on Layton's probably been there about 15, 20 years. Yeah, I've eaten at that one. They make, they, they, their, their presentation is a little different. But that's not the, fast food. I don't consider euros fast food. Well, I mean, you get it and you get it fast. I mean, you just go to the counter and then all of a sudden your number's called and you pick it up. So it's, it kind of is. Yeah. Kind of is. It's just, it's... It's not exactly a sit-down place, um, but it's good food. And I went there, and I had the Euros beforehand today. Uh, so I uh, – and this is going to – you even saying, um, is that the best Euro place in town? You're opening up a whole Pandora's box there because people are going to tell us, oh, you need to try this place and that place. I'm sure I will. Talking text line is open. <laughs> and for all of our outstate listeners as well, you know, we, we travel around the state too. So oh, no. let us know where it is in Wausau and Eau Claire and La Crosse and Green Bay and Madison. We, we want to know. 414-799-1973. Um, so for me, it's Oakland years, but – yeah, so you went to the south side. I went to the south side. I wanted to get you know a little pregame meal in, and um, and I'm driving on late in there, and uh, noticed the cops. Cops has got the old rocky road going today, and uh, did you nah, get one? No, nah, I didn't. Did you get pulled over? Did I get pulled over by the cops? Yeah. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Why? I don't know. You're asking. No. You're asking. You're talking about the cops, and I'm like, no, well, no, no. There's got to be more to this than no cops restaurant. Oh, cops! Oh, cops I thought ice you meant cream. The police. Oh no, no, no! Cops ice cream. Oh, they've got the rock. Okay, yeah, I the see rocky road today, and it's like, oh man, I almost veered over there, and I'm like, nah, nah probably not. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, so I'll do my little show prep over at Oakland Euros over there. They don't uh, have the wireless internet, but I just, you know, got got. It some would stuff almost on. be worse if they did because when I wa- when I go to Oakland Euros, I want the old school atmosphere because i used to live over on the east side of milwaukee mm-hmm. and oakland years was like one of my go-to places sure and the laundromat I, you know i was early 20s i think uh, i didn't have laundry in my apartment at the time and there was the laundromat right next door so you go in you wash your clothes you go get some lunch and all is right in the world but it it's is. just old school it is you know what uh 
I mean, there's so many good places like that in, in Milwaukee and throughout the state of Wisconsin. You know, there was a Euro place up where you went to college in Oshkosh. Was it Nico Euros? Yeah, Nico's. Yeah. I think that's still there. I haven't been there in, a, in, in many years. I that need to go visit my niece because she just started at UW Oshkosh, and I okay. haven't been up there in a, in a hot minute. So I need to get up there. Okay. Uh, you know, nothing, not much has changed there. In Oshkosh, you a few know. things have. I know that uh, they tore out the, – the, the union looks a lot different than when I was there. Oh, you're talking about the campus. Okay, yeah. 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 Oh, this, I don't think the town will ever no. change. No, no, the town will change. Except for – okay, let me ask you this. How do you feel about roundabouts? Oh, I hate them. Okay. I, I hate them. Round, roundabouts kill. Uh, yeah. You like them? I hate them. Oh, you do hate them. Okay. I, I can't stand them. No, I don't either. Occasionally, if it's out in the middle of nowhere and there's a stop sign and there's not that much traffic, okay, they make sense there. But – the most harrowing two minutes of my life, every time I do go to Oshkosh, over the Ninth Avenue Bridge, mm-hmm. there are four of them in a row. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to die every single time I go through that thing. Because I don't think we've kind of, uh, I think everybody's kind of like that. I, I, I'm not sure we've um, perfected driving through those things yet. Like they have in That's England. a sport in and of itself. Yeah. Um, that is the most harrowing roller coaster ride I've ever been on in my life. Because I'm in I'm in a lane and I'm still thinking, okay, is this guy gonna come over my lane? Can I go straight ahead? Can I go this? And and I know it, I've never had an accident, but I know that first one if it ever comes, it's probably gonna be in one of those roundabouts. Because uh it's just chaos it looks it feels like. Um, um, especially like a rush hour, like at five o'clock or six o'clock in uh, Oshkosh. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Oh it's terrible. Let's see. Eddie from Stalas he writes in on the uh, PillowWI.com talking text line, 414-799-1973. Golden Euros on 72nd and Lincoln is fire. I knew that. I haven't been to that one. Yep. Okay. I knew. I, I mean, I haven't gone there. I think it's just a drive-through. Okay. But I know where. I, I know exactly where that is. Uh, he also writes about the three-meat platter from Oakland Euro. This is fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't had that. I'm, Me either. I'm, when I go to Oakland Euros, I'm pretty... You know, across the board. Just mm-hmm. give me my euro. Uh, back in the day, did you ever go to Zorba's? Way back, it's called well, in Waukesha. Is it's that? it's on the it's right at the uh, border of Waukesha and by Gerke's Corners, right on the corner, right on the. I probably like, have like it was at not Barker, by Euro, not by Euros West. No, but you know where Gerke's Corners is. Yeah, it's right by Gerke's Corners. I probably have. I think it's Bullwinkles now, and I think Bullwinkles is. Moving. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this is nineteen nineties. Sure. Oh, this is going back to the eighties. Yeah, okay, yeah. This is yeah. going back to the eighties. Yeah, yeah. yeah I went to a wedding there once. Yes, yes. I think I did too. I went to yes. I went to a wedding there, and then I went to a wedding. The first wedding that I ever was at was at the health club that was behind it that my wife eventually wound up working at. That's not closed. It's funny because I thought your wife still worked there. <laughs> well, she still works at the one in Brookfield, the one, the the old Highlander. Okay, but she but not that, back at Bullwinkles. No, that that place is closed now. All right, because that that club is closed. We went to Bullwinkles uh, to eat one time, and I saw that place back there, and I said, I think I said, Doug's wife, I believe, works back there. She so did I, until the day it closed. closed. Okay, <laughs> all right. So now they just transferred her sure. over to the other. And she goes, Oh, she's a tennis pro, and then I, yes, she I said, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As a matter of fact. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm a UWM grad, but my Madison grad fiance and I will forever argue over whether Oakland Euros and Parthenons on State Street in Madison is better. I have not had a Parthenon in years. Is that good? Yeah, Doug, it is right on State Street. Back when um, I did football Friday night from Madison uh, 20 years ago, uh, Bill Scott and I would always stop at the Parthenon and have our pregame meal there. Oh, okay. 
So we'd stop and I have can't comment on anything that I haven't had yet, but it sounds it is sounds you know, good. Uh, Euro places in college bar in college towns always good, and it was fantastic. Uh-huh. Although here's what happened one time. I was standing in line at the Parthenon ordering a Euro after a Badger game, and some Badgers had cut in front of me. This was like 2001. Okay, so Brooks Bollinger cut in front of you. No, it was okay. Here's a, the just a, a couple, of, a few guys, two or three guys. They cut and they cut right to the front of the line and order their stuff. Damn you, Chris Chambers. And the rest of us were standing in line, and I was ticked off. And I said, "Man." I mean, you knew there were football players and big guys. Right. And uh, I said, I was ticked off. I said, man, how come these kids? Oh, it happens all the time. And so I looked at their faces, and I went back into my car and checked the program. I had some fourth-string linebacker cut in front of me. (laughs) I said, yeah, I would have been okay if Brooks Bollinger's cut in front of me. (laughs) But, man... When the guy who's barely making the depth chart is cut in front of me, no. you know, a fifth-year senior who's taken fi- no fifteen snaps, it's no respect. Getting his euro in front of me, huh? Jr. in the two six two writes. Of course, euro places in college bars are good because you're always drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a place in Eau Claire, uh, right on Water Street. You know, we're heard in Eau Claire, mm-hmm. and uh, ninety-eight point seven there. Uh, and I think it's oh man, it's not there anymore. But it's right across. It's it's in it's on Water Street, and it was God laughing Luigi's. It was that's what okay. it was laughing Luigi's. Uh, Perfect. Pa- You'd order your euro, and uh, right after bar time, go over there and take it home, or eat it there. It's a really underrated uh, sports food. You, you can go get your euro because normally when I have a euro, I don't bring it home. But mm-hmm. sometimes, occasionally, there is one fast food joint. And I'm almost loath to say this because I know I'm going to get blasted. I understand. I get it. I I know. Oakland Euros is better. Uh, Parthenon, like you said, I haven't tried it, but I want to. Way back in the day, Zorba's, that is what introduced me to the Euro. But Arby's makes a pretty good one. You know, I thought about trying those. I saw the. They're not bad. They look good on TV. They're not bad. Yeah, I thought about that for a for a fast food joint. Yeah, it's not bad. No, it's not. It's not terrible. Okay. Yeah, I thought about it. It looks so good with that that guy doing the voiceover, the the voice of God. Uh, do it. It sounds like James Earl Jones doing the voice. And uh, but I'm going to try it someday. They had like the two for six bucks. So, but yeah. Given the choice, I'm going to go to one of those authentic places like Oakland Euros. Uh, Joe the Plumber says, Apollo Euros on Brady is great sober, unlike Oakland Euros. Oakland Euros is fire sober. Thank you very much, Joe the Plumber. Uh, Armin, of course. Ar- Armin? Yeah. Well, how many Armins do you know? Uh, Armin Gilliam. Is he still alive? I, I think he's I, dead. I think uh, he died. Yeah, yeah. So the only Armin that we know. Let's see. I've got a lot of opinions to get off my chest. Of course he does. Armin, if you're in the building, you can just come in. That was just, that's, what, that's why... I'm surprised that why would Armin text the talking text line when he could just text us? That's true. Because I'm or looking at right that, in, not my phone. Or come right in here. Either that or you tried to call I just him. talked to Armin before the show today. Okay. So, yeah, well, he can. He's here. Uh, very good. Euros at Brothers, a newer place. Right down the street on Highway 100. Euro 27 on 27th. Good Euros, great chicken, kebab, and the best tzatziki sauce. Yeah, that's am, like, I, am I mispronouncing? No, that? Uh, tzatziki sauce. Or, tzatziki yeah, sauce. but here's oh, the deal. Yeah. Here's the difference between the two Oakland Euros. At Oakland Euros on the east side, they give you a Dixie cup of it. At the one on Layton, they give you the whole bottle. They put it right in your tray, and you can just 
put as it's like ketchup. Okay. Put as much as you want on there. Well, here's Armin. Okay. So, uh, Armin, we're waiting. You... He's got his coat on. So he was. Were you in the parking lot or something? No. All right. Um, I was getting Armin, close what you, to. What are you doing? Text, talking, texting us. Okay. Well, here's the thing, guys. Uh, I, I felt a little guilty <laughs> just walking in. I didn't want to walk in uninvited. This is your show. This is your space, right? Well, now. Well, you're invited. Well, well I, I appreciate we're just, we're just that. Caretakers I, here. I, I hear. I took the invitation to come in. Yeah. But I didn't want to just barge in and I appreciate be that, that guy, okay? Okay. But that's I, fair. as you can imagine, I have a lot of opinions on Mediterranean food in the city, and I'm very passionate about <laughs> that's it. That's fair. That's a fair, fair now, assessment. I have my Euro rankings, and I have my chicken kebab rankings. Okay. Chicken kebab is actually my go to when right. I go to these places, okay. right? So I judge them first by the chicken kebab, then the Euro. Okay. Now, I'm very passionate about the chicken kebabs. Now, Euro 27, if you've been there, it used to be called Euro Palace. Is that like in a strip mall? It's on a strip mall on 27th. Okay. To me, that's the best chicken kebab you can get. And I think the key is the tzatziki sauce. you got to have great tzatziki sauce. You do. Okay. Their tzatziki sauce is great. The Euros are good. All right. Now, Lincoln Euros on 27th, closer to on Lincoln and 27th, closer to the city. They, that's, I consider still a hidden gem of Euro places. I, don't, I say gem, hidden gem, because I don't know how many people go there. But you're right the about Euros. the Tassiti sauce. And, and, That's and the key, is the and, sauce. And if you're going to give me a Dixie cup, okay? Yeah. Uh, and if I ask for like a second one, oh, can I give me another one? Don't be charging me the 50 cents for the extra Tassiti sauce. Right. Now, most places will just give you two right away yeah. that I've yeah. noticed. Yeah. But they but that means they mix it. Now, there's a new place, newer place on Highway 100 Brothers. Yep. Right? So it's close to the station here. So I've been there. Oh, okay. They're... Um, the euros are good. Okay, I think the okay. Greek salad is still finding itself there. Okay, okay, so that's it's a process. It's a new place, and okay. I think is okay. But they also have a great big menu. They have like pizza and they have burgers. They have other stuff going on there. I, see, I like my euros. I like my euros from an authentic place that does euros. Right, and they do. I don't want to make it. They they do, but you know they they have other stuff in the menu as well. Um, the my favorite place, of course. Is no longer Marquette Euros. It used to be on campus. It's no oh, longer closed stable. down. How, it, how could a place like that close down? Yeah, I don't know because you know how that goes. It, it, so it, today's kid does not like. Um, no, it Euros? wasn't that. It wasn't oh. a lack of business. They were packed every night after bar time. I think that. I think either that reti- owners retire or the or the school wanted the property and bought it out. Okay, that's what usually Ziggy's. That's what happened to Ziggy's. You guys remember Ziggy's on Marquette yeah. campus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but Ziggy's I, famous line, of course, "You want a burrito, you want a cappuccino, and let's go." You know, that was <laughs> yeah. it was a, he was. So a if I'm looking to start a new business, I'd start either a pizza place or an Oakland or or a Euro place. Just whatever yeah. it is, it's a food, on campus, a greasy food joint near a college campus, Absolutely. and keep it open till three a.m. Absolutely, yeah. and that's you're, you're going to be a millionaire. Yes. Marquette Euros was much more than just a Euro place. I mean, it was a hub of activity after the bars. So if you were a Marquette student, Caffrey's, Murphy. Haggerty's, yeah. you want to write to Marquette Euros. But the thing about Marquette Euros was no one ever got the Euros there. You always got the burgers. I don't know why. All right. The burgers were just fantastic. The Euros <laughs> were whatever. You never got a Euro there. But at Oakland Euros, you always get the Euro and you never get the burger. That's my experience. Sure. Agreed. Okay. So there you go. So this is my quick kind of like rundown of the Euro experience in Milwaukee. Golden Euros is very good as well. Okay. Um, I've had that as well. So. so where does my place, Oakland Euros, where, where are they? Oakland's good. I mean, Oakland Euros is consistently the best, like very good Euros in okay. Milwaukee, right? But I would never like okay the East Side to me the East Side Oakland Euros and the one by the airport are different. Like I agree with they're, you, they're the same, but they're, they're different. But they're different. Well, you know I told what I mean? you first, they give you the Dixie Cup of tzatziki sauce, right? On Locust in Oakland, and uh, the one on by the airport, they they give you the whole bottle, and you can just have at it. That's if you're there, right? Yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, they're not. Yeah, they're not giving you a bottle of the drive-through yeah, window, right? Because I haven't, I haven't eaten in in so long in these places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just been so many years. But they don't have Diet Mountain Dew, though. Oh, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's another thing about these Greek places. They like I love just I, lo- I love like the vibe is always the same there. They always yes. have the fountain thing going. They've always got the baklava sure. for dessert. Like they've they're always trying to also pedal like the spanakopita and like it's just so great. It's here's just so here's great. a tip for all like restaurants out there. If you're gonna have diet so, the, the, the Pepsi products, get some Diet Mountain Dew in there. It's a popular drink. It's getting to be more. If, if you I've talked to our, uh, our the guy that stocks our vending. Uh-huh. He said like six to one Diet Mountain Dew so, regular. But sometimes oh, going, I bet yeah. absolutely but, because some, it tastes the same pretty much. Yes, but if you go out to eat sometimes and you ask him, oh do you have uh, I'll take do you have Diet Mountain Dew? No, we just have regular. We have Diet Pepsi. Diet Mountain Dew, is it, and they look at you You're like, you're just yeah. going to have to bring your own. Well, I did it. That's <laughs> illegal to do, and I did it. I did it. Well, guys, I just wanted, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. I love this topic, and I appreciate you for embracing it. Thank you for touching on such an important Thank topic you. that affects all <laughs> Thank of you, us. You're the yeah. local expert, you yeah. say. Yeah, I don't know. I'll really? be, be honest with you, though, like, my first, my first <laughs> action is to the chicken kebab. Or the chicken shawarma, or the chicken depends okay. if it's like an Arabic place, or right. like there's taquas, there's on um, Pita Palace, um, on Layton by the airport. Yep. And you know, I go right to the chicken kebab. Okay. You know, so that's my first move. Usually. I feel like if I went to one of these places and I had the chicken kebab and I didn't like it, then I'd be like, "Oh, why didn't I get the euro? Why well, didn't you stick with the euro? It, it, why didn't I just stick with what I?" It, it's a risk. That's the whole thing, yeah. and that's the risk you run trying something new. So. Well, Gosh, this is anything. so good. I'm not going to turn my – I'm driving because I'll be back with you, Doug, later, but yeah. I'm not going to turn my radio off. This okay, so I know good. what you're having for dinner tonight, I Absolutely. think. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going all in. That's right. Chicken kebab time. How about that? We made a lot of people hungry out there today. That's right. That's yeah. our. That's what we do. That's what we do. It's uh, you know getting on dinner time. Thanks, Armin. I will have uh, – Armin will be producing tonight on the J&K Security Solutions Basketball Postgame Show after tonight's Badgers-Hoosiers game. Huge game tonight. Huge game tonight for Wisconsin against Indiana. And of course, you remember the last time what happened when these two teams met? Wisconsin was down twenty. Wisconsin was down twenty-two points early second half and came back and covered a four and a half point spread. That's impossible. The odds of that are happening are ninety-nine point nine percent against. And uh, Wisconsin, they're down twenty-two against Indiana, and the Hoosiers couldn't get. You did the post game show. They couldn't get out of their way. Yeah. So, it's been uh, overall a very, very good season for the Badgers. Oh but God, when yeah. they're cold hitting from the outside, it's a difficult slog. It's hard for this team to suddenly get hot. I mean, sometimes there's a slow burn, and then Johnny Davis gets to you know flip the switch. But usually that happens right before halftime or right after mm-hmm. halftime. We've seen Johnny Davis disappear in the first half and then just play like the best player in the country in the second half. Well, what happens pretty here, consistently? Here's what happens, Doug. Is um, and, and Greg Gard has referred to this. You know, there's a lot of tape out on Johnny right now, and so you know these coaches in the Big Ten are are not bad coaches. Tom Izzo, you know, Tom Izzo, all these guys, good coaches. That's why they're coaching in Major League College Basketball. They're coming up, working 24 hours a day in their office, trying to find ways and devising ways to stop Johnny Davis. And they and, and they're coach, doing a pretty good job. They have, but it's now it's now then it's on Johnny as a great player. It's his turn to counter and find other open guys, and other guys have got mm-hmm. to hit their shots. And Brad Davidson's got to start hitting his threes again. Yeah, well, Brad was one of nine from the uh, three point line yeah. against Rutgers on Saturday. We will continue talking about the Wisconsin Badgers and the Indiana Hoosiers. By the way, the Bucks are also playing Indiana tonight, so it's the Badgers against Indiana, the Bucks against Indiana. We'll hit that coming up. We've got uh, two and a half hours left to talk about it so we'll do that but if you couldn't get around downtown milwaukee today there were a couple of reasons why number one it's election day and there's an election 
uh, primary for the mayoral race in Milwaukee. But that's not the reason that there was absolute gridlock around the arenas today, around Panther Arena, and it kind of spilled over into Pfizer form as well. We will get to the bottom of that coming up straight ahead. No Drew, no KB there in Mexico. They're on from 9 until noon. I'm Doug Russell. Chuck Freeman alongside as well. Stay with us. No Drew, no KB. They're in Mexico. Probably passed out in the pool somewhere. Hopefully quite a distance away from the pool. Hopefully not passed out in the pool. No. Buddy system. Yeah. They learned uh, that hopefully early on. Are those guys all drinking? Because uh, I'm on the air against those guys, so I don't, uh, when I'm on WIBA in Madison... So I don't really hear the show uh, as much anymore, the Zabin show. I catch like the final you know, 15 minutes or so. Do um, Are they drinking on the show down there? Well, I hope so. Why else would you go to Mexico? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, I, you got a little breakfast you know, margarita going? Yeah, that's not... Uh, sure. Okay, all right. I hope so. I know if uh, Scott named down the put down rules on that. Tim oh, Scott. Red Hot? Yeah. Well, he's down there, so yeah, he's, he, he's the enforcer. Okay. When the enforcer needs to do what the enforcer, that's why they call him Red Hot. That's why Scott is down there, yeah. yeah. Uh, welcome back in, Doug Russell and Chuck Freeman, joining uh, you here on the Drew and KB Show. Joining us on the program right now, uh, the man responsible for the traffic jam in downtown Milwaukee today is uh, the president of your Milwaukee Admirals, John Greenberg. Hi, John. How's the game today? Hi, John. <laughs> It was good. I hope I was not responsible for a traffic jam. I try to avoid that if at all possible. Well, but the, when I when I talk about the traffic jams down by the arena, I mean those morning games. I assume it was one of those games where the kids come in from the, the field trips, and those are so much fun to go to. Was I assume that with an eleven o'clock faceoff, that's what we were doing today? Well, we were actually um, yeah in Chicago. They were they, we were down there today. And oh, you were down there yeah, today. It was the, yeah, it was a school day game for them. We actually have our first one coming up on. Uh, uh, in March, and um, it's we're excited to do that. Yes, it does sometimes lead to a traffic jam for just a little while while we uh, get them in and get them out. That's, for all the right reasons, though, because those are so much fun. The first Admirals game that I ever went to was 1978 or 79 or something like that. And when you get a bunch of kids in there, yeah. man, the the atmosphere in the arena just explodes. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, uh, as uh, Mike Wojciechowski uh our venerable uh, VP of Business Development, who, who calls the show every night, uh, said he feels like a puppet master on there because he can make a big noise at a moment's notice. So, um, you know, kids are bring out a ton of energy, and uh, we're excited to have a school day game again. Back in uh, in 2020, that was the last game we had before the pandemic hit. So um, we haven't had one since then. We're excited to have them again starting on uh, March the 9th. So I mean, what a, what a novel idea. I mean, what... What made you? Was it the, a league thing? Refresh my memory now. Was that a league thing, or was that something that you guys invented? Mm, no, we, I, there were some teams that were starting to do them, and we said we should really uh, 
get into this space because, you know, on a Wednesday for us, you know, if we play a Wednesday night game, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a smaller crowd. And uh, we said, why don't we turn a couple of these Wednesday games into school day games? And uh, we do actually, believe it or not, try to make them educational, uh, which allows them to be, uh, you know, schools to sign off a little bit easier. <laughs> Every student gets a, a workbook. Um, so, like, there's a kindergarten through third grade workbook. There's a, you know, fourth and fifth grade workbook there's a middle school one and they all have actual science or math or geography or you know there's some weather in there there's all kinds of stuff so the kids actually do believe it or not uh attempt to learn something while they're here uh screaming their heads off that's a great ruse i gotta tell you that's that's fantastic that you uh, came up with something like that john greenberg president of your milwaukee admirals uh, joining us here on the Drew and KB show. Um, what else you got coming up as far as uh, promotions at the arena? Because again, having not having any of them last year when you guys took the year off uh, for COVID, I shouldn't say take the year off, but uh, didn't play last year because of COVID. I-, I have to imagine you guys are like kids in candy stores once again with getting all this stuff going and making uh, Admirals hockey as fun as it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, an absolute blast to be able to be back in front of people again and. Our crowds have been incredibly energetic uh, at these games. It seems like people have really stored up a lot of uh, enthusiasm uh, while we weren't playing, and they've definitely brought it back in a big way. So uh, we're back home tomorrow night against uh, Rockford uh, at 7 o'clock. It's our uh, Hockey is for Everyone uh, night and uh, kind of emphasizing Pride night, and we'll have a lot of fun with that. And then uh, uh, we're going to head back on the road right away and – Head off up to Canada for three and against Manitoba, and then come back here for uh, a post game concert on the 26th uh, with Night Ranger, uh, which I am really excited to see oh, those see, guys. That's for you, Chuck. Before they just yep. performed in Green Bay uh, over the weekend last weekend. Yes, and I heard yes. it was a uh, good song set. I saw it. Yep. So we're excited about uh, having those guys. I had them before uh, here for Admirals postseason or post game uh, concerts. So that's going to be a lot of fun, and then. Uh, uh, on the Sunday, the 27th, it's Roscoe's birthday, so that's always fun. And uh, the first thousand kids that day are going to get um, a fun toothbrush holder, uh, thanks to our friends at Children's Wisconsin. So, so those are just the next few games that are coming up. And you know, we've been playing uh, really, really well for a while now. Uh, we've won 11 out of our last 12, uh, four in a row. Uh, we've moved solidly. Up uh, after a kind of a rocky start, now we're solidly up into third place, and it seems like the sky's kind of the limit with this group. So um, it's really a lot of fun to watch what's going on right now. Certainly is, certainly is. My, my kid has been wanting to, my 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 kid plays for the Gamblers. He plays for the um, the Junior oh, okay. Gamblers, and but he considers you guys the rivals. So because he's played against you guys a few times and um, you know, the 10 year olds. um, But uh, you know, he's pretty good hockey player. I, you know, can't skate at all, but he's fantastic. But uh, we want to come down to a game and, you know, for, um, but he's been playing on weekends so many times and we haven't had a chance to get down here yet for a game. Yeah. And we know that's how it is with uh, youth hockey families. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, with the youth hockey season starting to uh, uh, wind down here over the next couple of weeks, I think, uh, It'll give people an opportunity to uh, come out and watch us play, and uh, uh, we're excited to be able to welcome all of our youth hockey groups uh, here. We try to do that every night um, you know, for Admirals Hockey. That, that certainly is uh, our dream is to watch kids from this area you know, someday be able to play for 
uh, for the Admirals and having local kids play for us much like we had uh, Troy Grosnick here for a couple of years, um, you know, from Brookfield, that was spectacular. And so we really encourage these kids to keep on playing and uh, who knows, maybe someday they'll be wearing uh, – Wearing our stuff and uh, one step away from the NHL. Well, that's what I told my kid. I said, oh, I said, we'll go to Gabe and Marsh. He goes, but, Dad, I play for the Gamblers. I said, Dad, <laughs> I said they're going to let you come in. They're going to let you yeah. go. Don't, you, know, you might play for the Admirals someday. Who knows? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, tell him he should wear his stuff. We'd love to be able to – I don't know that I've seen a Gamblers jersey, so I, I think it would be a lot of fun if he uh, came uh, – representing all right so chris sister christian's coming to the arena what is there an old-timey band that is on your wish list that you guys haven't had yet oh golly well we've uh we've had some awesome ones you know foreigner uh reo sticks um you know we had huey lewis we've had uh uh now with night ranger cheap trick um you know that, that we've kind of really uh, hit the uh, the legends for sure. I, every once in a while, I'm driving home. It's just me personally because I, I don't know whether uh, anybody would agree with me. But I drive home and I hear a song by the Pretenders, and it just makes me wish that we could have Chrissy Hind here for a game and doing her thing. We also, you know, we've had Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've really tried to sprinkle the infield in the uh, uh, classic rock genre. So, uh, you know, I don't think we could afford. Uh, uh, some of the bands I'd love to have. Probably can't have the Stones. I'm, you know, yeah, I, I think Stones, people understand. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, it's really fun to be able to put these shows together. And we still have two more after that as well. We've got uh, Jimmy Allen, uh, country music best new artist of the year uh, on March the 12th, and then uh, April 8th with uh, Skillet uh, with country or classic. I'm sorry, uh, Christian heavy metal. So they, we had them a couple of years ago, and that was a show and a half. So mm-hmm. um, cross genres, really fun stuff. Those two get you know Jimmy Allen and Skillet on the same bill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd be a night. <laughs> when you line these bands up, do you have to like see? Okay, is Night Ranger going through the Midwest at this time of the year when we have a game on a Saturday night or a Friday night? Does that have to work that, or will a, a group make a special trip over here? Yeah, a lot of times, Chuck, we're actually um, uh, the ones who get their tours started. Uh, we make, we reach out months and months in advance, and a lot of times it's like, yeah, we're thinking about coming out and working then, and uh, so let's see if we can build some dates around it. And so that's a lot of times where they happen. We just had uh, Dylan Scott here uh, at the end of January, mm-hmm. and we were the first stop on his tour. Uh, he was going from here to uh, Springfield, Illinois, and then to some other places, and uh, so we, we don't mind being the beginning. We don't mind being the end. We, you know, we fit in the middle perfectly. But uh, uh, we've been really fortunate to get some great acts here over the years. Milwaukee Admirals President John Greenberg joining us here on the Drew and KB Show. Most important question that I think that we've posed so far today is where do you stand on the euro, and what's the best <laughs> euro place in town? Oh, I thought you meant the money. Um, no, 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 the delicacy. No, although if somebody wants to, you know, hand over some shekels, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. But uh, I'm an Oakland Euro guy myself. But Armin came in, and you know, you know, you, you know, Armin, he was very passionate about his, his yes, Mediterranean sure, food. Sure. And 
I can tell you uh, that I am not a Euro guy, uh, oh. but my wife does like them, and she will go to Oakland Euros over on uh, Leighton Avenue uh, somewhat frequently. So, okay. Uh, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Never been a big fan of the Euro. I apologize to everybody in that uh, well, Euro fan yeah. club. Well, you don't have to apologize. It's funny. I mean, because, a little bit. He does have to apologize a little bit. Well, here's the deal. Usually, women. <laughs> usually, it's the guy who likes the Euro, and the women are just like, oh, you know, they're, they're they because I think they don't want. I don't. I think the women do not want to get the Euro breath. Which you know, all those onions and the euro sauce, the, you know that, that that leaves a bad aftertaste. Well, we yeah, we we generally uh, try to keep our distance after. <laughs> John, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the win today. I look forward to. Uh, I apologize for screwing up. Who had the traffic jam? Apparently, it was in Rosemont today, as opposed to around the <laughs> arena. But I will look forward to the traffic jam that you will be providing the city of Milwaukee coming up in short order. Well, well, we'll be happy to do it, and we hope to see everybody here tomorrow night as well. There you go, uh, sure. taking on the ice or the uh, Rockford IceHogs tomorrow night at the arena. Oh, so good! Thanks, John. The power. You man. got it, guys. Thanks, Thanks so John. much. Appreciate right. it. You too. There yeah, he goes. If you want to throw Thank some four in the morning in by uh, Night Ranger, that's I'm, I'd be good with that. Four in the morning. More, more four in the morning than Sister Christian. Yeah, because this is the one that they're because it builds. This is uh, this is like one probably one of their encores. I'd say. You would think this is their biggest hit, oh, right? Of course, yeah. This is yeah. the one that everybody mm-hmm. remembers. Yeah. Because here we go. Because it builds. Oh, baby, here we go! <laughs> bop, 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 yeah. bop, bang! When you think of power ballads in the 80s, this is one of the tops. Oh, yeah. Love it. This is one of the tops, yeah. This takes me back to Lowell Elementary School. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, you know. Senior year in high school at Martin Luther High School. Okay. South twenty uh, South 76th Street. So good. Yeah. All right. Do you do anything for Valentine's Day? Do yeah. We, fun? Yeah. We got a second here or no? Oh, we well, go together, I was, was going to tee it up for the next yeah, segment. Yeah, we did something. Okay. All right. I can't wait to hear what it is. Wasn't as good as my Euros I had today, though. I'll tell you that. Oh, well, then I feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel sorry for Shannon. We'll hit that coming up straight ahead. Doug Russell, Chuck Raven in for Drew and KB. Stay with us. Don't you give it up before your time is done. It's true. It's find the song that you were talking about, Chuck, the four in the morning thing? Yeah, but it's this not is, in our system. No, it's, this is still in its wheelhouse, though. Okay. This is part of that heavy rotation song anyway. Yes, because we had it in the system. If sure. it's not in the system, then it probably didn't get a whole lot of radio play. Welcome back in. It's the Drew and KB Show without Drew or KB. They're in Mexico. I'm Doug. He's Chuck. We're here for the next two hours and 15 minutes. Four in the morning usually is their opener. They've been opening with that. Okay. I've never seen uh, them in concert, but again, they're mm-hmm. coming to an Admiral's game near you. They're all good. sooner rather than later. They're really good in concert. They are okay. Good, good concert. Good energy okay. show. Yeah, good. And people have a good time. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I'm sure they do. How many times have you seen Aria? There's that, that's number one A for you, right? That's oh like yeah, number one. Well, I mean, I, t- I don't think I've missed a concert in the state of Wisconsin that they've been in probably in 15 years. 
Okay, so give me some context. What are we talking about? 10 concerts, 20 concerts, 40 oh, concerts? 50. 50 concerts. 50, maybe to 50 to 100, maybe, yeah. After a while, doesn't that get old? No. Okay. It's like watching a TV show, the same TV show. You know, there's certain things you can watch that's over. That's true. It, that, that, but again, if I you show the same lines? TV show well, you know, it's like so the, many times, okay, do they know you by heart yet? Do they know no, you, Chuck? Free? No. They should. I know. But I'm always sitting in different parts of the arena. and they, okay. you know. Now, Is there any COVID, band? By the way, I'm just going to throw this out on the talking text line. Mm-hmm. 414-799-1973. Is there any band, any band mm-hmm. that you would see 40 or 50 times or any band that you have seen 40 or 50 times go? Well, it's like... Okay, like when when people go see some of these house bands, they'll go every weekend and follow them all around tour. Mm-hmm. And you know these house, you know, we got some great house bands here in the state of Wisconsin. It's no different than that, you know. REO, it's just on a bigger stage. You know, they come in, they're going to say the same lines, Kevin Cronin between songs, rarely change it up, same song set most of the time, ninety percent of the time, and uh, you know it's coming. But you know. They always keep it coming back for more. You just love it. You just yeah. can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. Okay. All right. Keep on loving you. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, but I, uh, they're, they're coming. Well, they're they're going on a, a tour. They're going to be at Summerfest grounds on the main stage. They're going to they're going on tour with Loverboy, them, and I think it sticks. Okay. You know, uh, coming to the uh, the amphitheater. Have you ever added up exactly how much money you've spent on Ario Speedwagon tickets over the years? Oh, phew. you know, not. But it's all in the thousands, probably. Okay, probably. But all it's right. entertainment. We like going. We love going, and uh, you know it's a fun night out, and uh, always entertained. Always amazed at how good the the energy level has never dipped off on those guys. Nick and Slinger says that he would see Eric Church forty or fifty times. Now he's coming to. He's coming to the uh, stadium. He's yeah. coming to American Family Field. Now you're more. More uh, country-oriented than I am. I would love to see Eric Church in concert, especially because he's going to be there with uh, Brothers Osborne, and I think Brothers Osborne are fantastic. Now, Eric Church is on a level. He's stadium stadium level? Oh, yeah. Right okay. now, yes. Absolutely. He's, he's the number one country act out there? Um, He's up there. Like, who are certain people you Kenny think? Kenny Chesney's going to—I mean, he's been playing stadiums for yeah. a, a decade plus, mm-hmm. and he's coming to American Family Field again. He's played Lambeau Field, so I think Kenny Chesney, at least as far as who can sell out a stadium— you're talking about Kenny Chesney. We had that actually. Drew and KB had this conversation with Quinn last week uh, when the, the stadium tour was announced for mm-hmm. Eric Church, and Quinn is of the opinion that Casey Musgraves can sell out a stadium. And I'm, I think Casey Musgraves is. I love Casey Musgraves. I think she's awesome. I, I know who that is. I just don't know any of her music. Six, I think six Grammys. Yeah, uh, including Album of the Year, not Country Album of the Year, Album of the Year, two or three years ago. Uh, for Golden Hour, I love Casey Musgraves, but I I don't know if she could sell out a stadium. I don't know if I that uh, Quinn would know better than I would. I guess I think and I think this is great that this concert's coming to Amphem Field. I think we need more of those type of concerts. They need to fit somehow get more use out of that facility. Have you ever seen a concert in a stadium? Yeah, I saw Springsteen at Miller Park in 2003. What do you think of stadium concerts? It loses some of the sympathy. I agree. You know, uh, it's like if you go to Pfizer Form and see a concert. And if you go to like the Riverside, even a smaller venue, it uh, it's Riverside is you know the smaller Pabst. Well, the smaller the venue, the fanta- better. Fantastic. But if you go to Fiserv, it's okay. But if you go to you go to a, a Miller Park, okay, Amphan Field, or you go to a you know, Camp Randall. It's just you got this whole stadium yeah. and this little stage. It's just a little, it's a little different. I've seen Billy Joel at American Family Field, and I saw Kenny Chesney. Mm-hmm. At American Family Field, and they were great shows. But man, you've got to get up close. So where were you sitting? 
for Billy Joel on the field. Actually, really good seats for Billy Joel. Okay. Uh, and still, it was a massive, massive show. You know, 50,000 people are there. And then for Kenny Chesney, it was down the first base line. Okay. The best place I've ever experienced, I thought it was so cool, is when Harley Fest, when Springsteen was on the lakefront and they had the concert, not at American, um, not the amphitheater, but they had it in Veterans Park. They put up a stage in Veterans Park. Oh, okay. And people just, it was cool. Okay. It was like um, Springsteen and still, when I drive by there, I think of, man, Springsteen actually performed at a concert, and there was probably 80,000 people there. Wild. And, you know, there's no seat. It was just standing. Yeah, sure. And you had to get there early. And uh, But, yeah, Springsteen in Veterans Park in downtown Milwaukee in 2000, I think it was 2009, 2008, still yeah. the most uh, fabulous venue I've ever been to. Uh, Adam Wright said he would see the Foo Fighters that many times. Saw okay. the Foo, I saw the Foo Fighters last yeah. year at the amphitheater. It wasn't part of Summerfest, but it was a standalone show just at the amphitheater. It was, I think, the first concert post-COVID, mm-hmm. first major concert anyway in Milwaukee post-COVID. They are amazing in concert. So who would they be your go-to if you could go maybe 50, you know, pull an REO and go 15 to 100 times? I don't know if I would see them that many times. Yeah. I don't know if I'd see anybody that many times. The band that I've seen the most, and a lot of the reason of it is because my brother was such a huge Rush fan, was I've probably seen them. Okay. I don't know, six or seven times. Mm-hmm. Eh, I'm good. I mean, right. there there are a lot of, you know, I've seen Garth Brooks once. I'm glad I saw him once. I'd see him again. I don't know that I'd see anybody that many times. I've seen McCartney in concert. He was unbelievable. Saw him in Vegas. Okay. I've seen Billy Joel three times. I've seen the Goo Goo Dolls because they've been at Summerfest so many times. I've seen them maybe two or three times. I saw Billy Joel at, you know, he plays Madison Square Garden. I know. I would love once to see month. him at Madison Square Garden. He plays Garden. once a month. I know. It's, it's all because every month it's sold out. I mean, just, the guy goes there and plays like it's a, mm-hmm. like a corner bar. Yeah. Shows up at Madison yeah. Square Garden, full house, still yeah. packs him in. And we went and see him. It was, it was unbelievably great. Uh, let's see. Unnamed in the 920 says that he'd see Dave Matthews Band. He's seen them 26 times. Yeah. More power to you. If you, yeah. if, you know what? If you like to go see these bands multiple times like I do, hey, no, no, who cares? I'm not judging. I'm just yeah. curious. But I think people judge me like, oh, you want the CREO? Well, you know what? There's 20,000 people at this concert, so I can't be the only one. No, of course not. <laughs> well, of course not. I'm, but I never right. see the and same we, people. This goes back to what we were talking about yesterday with the halftime show. Music speaks to different people sure, differently. Sure, it's like, I would never go see REO Speedwagon in concert, but the fact that you do, God bless yeah. you. More power to you. I don't it, care. Now, I went to go see Rick Springfield. We went to go see Rick Springfield in December at the Crystal Grand. Another great place to see a concert. Nice small venue. Yeah, Rick Springfield. You know, you're you know, musically not the greatest in the world, but you're there for the act. And it just was a it was a great night just to be there. And he performed well. And he, it was one of the few times I saw him where he didn't mail it in. And it was fine. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let's see. The Turtles. He'd see the Turtles that many times. The, the Turtles? <laughs> the Happy Together Tour? I, I don't know. They're not around, I don't think. Uh, let's see. Mike in the Bay. I don't know what Mike... This is what Mike in the Bay writes. Seen local in 60-plus times. I don't know what that means. I don't, I'm not sure what that means. Maybe he's responding to one of us. Yeah, maybe. Said. Yeah, perhaps. Foo Fighters or whatever. Uh, somebody's seen Buffett 30 times. Hey, if that's your thing, man, I'm, I, it, it, it does, it's not something that speaks to me, and I enjoy, I enjoy a good concert, but I just don't know that I could see the same thing over and over and over and over again. You know the Jimmy Buffett thing? I got a quick story on Jimmy Buffett. Um, he was performing at Alpine Valley in this radio station I used to work for. 
uh, had to go backstage and get an uh, one of the stations in the building I worked for had to get an autographed guitar from Jimmy. So the publicist says, get there six, seven hours before the concert, eight o'clock concert. If you get there about noon or so, one o'clock, we'll get it taken care of. Guy goes, yeah, we got to get a picture of Jimmy autographing it. No problem. We'll get it done. So the promotions people get out to Alpine Valley at about noon to see, get this picture with Jimmy, having them autograph this guitar so they can give it away on the radio. So noon comes around, 1 o'clock, no Jimmy, 2, two o'clock. Uh, you know, I asked the, one of the people, hey, where's Jimmy? Oh, you know, he'll be out here in 15 minutes. So 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock comes around, no Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's still not coming out. He's, uh, he's there, but he's not meeting these people just yet. So 5 o'clock comes around. The publicist says, all right, Jimmy's ready to come out and meet. This is about Jimmy Buffett, the everyman. Mm. Jimmy, well, it's okay to meet you guys, okay? Uh, but um, here's the deal. Um he doesn't want to see you. He doesn't want to meet anybody face to face. But we got to get this authenticated, you know, a picture of him autographing this guitar. So the publicist says, "Here's what's going to happen. Jimmy's going to come out. You guys are going to have to turn around. We'll focus the picture. You're going to have to hold the camera over your shoulder, point it toward him. I'll tell you if it's in focus. And when he comes out, we'll get it in focus. He'll autograph the pic. He'll autograph the guitar." And away we go. So they reluctantly did it. Jimmy came out. They couldn't look at him. They couldn't meet him. They couldn't do anything. They had to take a picture with their back to him. And Jimmy, boom, they snapped the picture. Okay, he's gone. Turned around. There was Jimmy in the picture. Jimmy would not meet these people to get the autograph. You had to. Wow. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett, Mr. Everyman. What a jackass. Exactly. And, you know, when people tell me, oh, they love me, oh, what a great, you know. Yeah, Jimmy would not. They made, he made these people wait around for five hours, these promotions people. And when Jimmy came out, would not take a picture um, and not meet him. And the picture they got was with their back turned to the guy. Oh, that's terrible. Because he didn't want to look at it. You know who would never do that? Kevin Brandt would never do that with a guitar. KB. He plays guitar. That's good. That is good. All right. We'll wrap up this hour. Hour number two coming up. Stay with us. Hour number two underway. Doug Russell and Chuck Freeman on the Drew and KB radio experience. Border to border. I would say coast to coast, but it's the coast of Lake Michigan to the coast of the Mississippi River. Or worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks for joining us here on this Tuesday. In the last hour, we were talking about bands that you've seen a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck, you've seen REO Speedwagon more than any other band? 50 to 100, probably. 50, 50 to... Now, that's a, that, that's a wide... Oh, we're, we're talking since, you know, 1982 on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're closer to 100 then, probably? Probably, than, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, apparently, Mike in the Bay says that Local H is a band. I have not heard of Local H. Never heard of them. I, I mean, heard of Triple H, but not Local well, that's H. That's a wrestler, isn't yes, it? Yes. One of those scripted guys. Yep. Uh, let's see. Greg and Grafton seen Motley Crue a few times. Uh, in the 608, I've seen 311 50 plus times. Okay. Uh, Eric Church at AmFam will be show number 59 for me. I mean, he has seen Eric Church fifty-nine times, fifty-eight times so far. Wow, he's before. I didn't. I don't. You know, I don't know much about Eric Church. Has he been around that long? 
He's been around for a while. He's been around for at least a decade. Okay. Wow, but the 59, 59 times. 59 shows, that's a long... That means you're going out of state quite a few times. Yes. Yeah. He hasn't played in Wisconsin 59 times, I'll no. tell you that much. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, people... Yeah. Listen, I get it. People love their music. And I love music, too. I just don't know that I'd ever see anybody that many times. I feel like Wrigley Field has got many concerts um, mm-hmm. in recent years. And I wish Miller Park, not that they got to equal what they're doing down there, but I have more. Have a, have a few more. I'd like to see their, a concert there once a well, you've got once a, a month from May on. Okay, but they're having two this year, which is great. I just don't know that there are that many acts that can sell out stadiums. You're probably right. That's the, I think that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Jimmy Buffett and, as you mentioned, Billy Joel has played. Um, and I don't think Lambo's got a concert coming up this summer. I don't believe but they have. They do. Well, yeah, they've had Kenny Chesney up there. Yeah, they've had Billy Joel. Oh, have they had Billy Joel? Yeah, they've had Billy Joel. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen a concert at. Uh, yeah, no, either have I. At Lambeau Field, uh, will we see Sean McVay ever at Lambeau Field again? Well, here's the funny thing about Sean McVay. Not the funny thing, but uh, you know, Sean McVay is flirting with retiring. And um, on one end, you're going to say, "Well, you know, he's 37, 38. What is he doing retiring? You just that's, what, that's when players retire." Yeah, but what happens is these coaches, these coaches. Sometimes it doesn't look like it that on the field or on the sidelines, um, but they work. They literally work their ass off. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a story about Jim Harbaugh um, a couple of months ago when he was coaching. Um, I think when he was at Stanford, he said he was one time he got home and he was in the parking lot of his driveway and he didn't know if he was coming. It was three o'clock in the morning and he didn't know if he was coming or going. Yeah, he didn't know if he was coming home or he was leaving to go to work. Mm-hmm. He was in that moment. And he goes, at that point, I'm like, and, and, but I, I needed to, you know, tone it down a little bit. But these coaches, they sleep at work. You know, you've read the John Gruden stories about him, mm-hmm. about what a grinder he was when he was coaching. And these guys all, because they're looking for an edge on the other guy, that little bit of edge where they can get on you as the other guy. Because if, if you're working hard and you're in the office, I have to be in the office and I got to I got to out-strategize you. You know, Mike Holmgren, when he was coaching in Green Bay, um, one of his former assistants told me, he said they used to, (laughs) Holmgren was there all day and all night, and he'd leave late at night, but the assistant coaches would look out the window, want to be on a watch out, and when they saw Mike leave, because you wouldn't dare leave before Holmgren left. Nope. But when they saw Mike leave... You know, the coast was clear, then they started leaving. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't leave before... You wouldn't leave before Holmgren did. Yeah, that's a hard lifestyle. It's yeah. a it's a young man's game, and it has been a young man's game for a while now. And that's why you see, like, Sean McVay, who was hired as the Rams coach at 31, mm-hmm. for example. And these guys just don't last as long as they used to. I mean, how many Pete Carrolls are there? Not very many. No, but these guys just keep grinding and grinding, and it's in their blood. And you know what? If, if Sean McVay steps down, Okay, and he and he decides to step away. He'll be back because with some of these guys, it's just in their blood. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tom Crean, when he was at Marquette, I mean, he'd be at the Marquette offices at midnight on a Saturday night, working his tail off. Wojo, when he was at Marquette, okay, maybe he didn't get the job done in the wins and losses column, but he busted his ass trying to do so. And these coaches do that. And I imagine guard is the same way. I don't quite know, but I'm sure guard is the same way. And his staff and the assistants, they are there and they are working. It is not an easy job by any means. Well, Not I, at all. And, and then there are college coaches who, 
you know, you're the CEO of the program. Mm -hmm. You've got so many things that are on your plate as a college coach that you don't have to deal with in the NFL. And oftentimes the salaries are higher in college, too. Um, But I I don't know that I hear of a lot of... I don't know that I hear of a lot of college coaches sleeping in the office because it's just a different game. And especially a head coach, you don't have to be as involved in the game plan because that's unless you're like Paul Chris who calls the plays, for example. There are a lot of coaches who are just kind of overseeing the whole operation and you know, they keep bankers hours except for the weekend. But if you're a college coach, let's say you're a college coach and I say I'm, you're Nick Saban, you're not grinding until midnight every night. Well, I think so though. I don't uh, think he does. I, I think so that I think they do. And and not only that, you gotta know my parents. I'm a pl- I'm a player, I play for you. Not only do you know me, you know my parents. You know what my parents do for a living. You know what you know everything, you know, you mm-hmm. try to do you you know or mm-hmm. one of your, your staff knows. Yeah, that's true. Somebody you knows. 80, 80 guys in your team. you got to know everybody. And, and all of your recruits. Yes. And and, and on Saturdays, you got to meet with the recruit parents and all that. I mean, that's a tough job. And I asked uh, Kevin O'Neill one time, who you know coached at Marquette and a few other schools, Northwestern and USC. Mm-hmm. I said uh, he was an assistant with Detroit. He said, yep, you just don't have to deal with the parents anymore. He said, yeah. that's the number one thing. He says, he's an assistant with the Pistons. And he said, yep. he said I'm working, I'm still working hard, but, you know, having not the, not that, not having to deal with parents, not in a bad way, but just having to deal, not having to deal with that is a lot off my plate. Dan hits us up on the AppellaWI.com talking text line. Holmgren just left his car at the office like George did at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Show he worked? Yeah. George Costanza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they, they, but no, these guys, I think these college coaches, I do. I, I think they're there. I think they they are working, and but that's what that's what drives their success. You know, they're there, they're up early. At uh, you know, they can't sleep. They're watching videotape. They get up early in the morning, and some of these high school coaches are the same way, mm-hmm. Doug. These high school coaches, well, aren't they teachers though too? They are, but these coaches on a Friday night after their games, man, they'll go home. And they'll have a couple, maybe they'll have a couple beers. Go home. And then maybe they get up at four o'clock in the morning, and they're watching videotape. I don't I think that's good for you, though. No, it's not good for you. But I knew one high school coach who his wife would, you know, the tape of the game. She would take the tape and put it on the top of the TV and says, "You're not going to watch this tape until six o'clock Saturday night." Yeah, that's fair. You're going to spend all day Saturday with me. You're not going to watch this tape until because he would just grind and watch and watch videotape of the next opponent mm-hmm. and all that. But that's what these guys do. They're all looking for, and, and it's the high school coach though. They make it five thousand dollars a year, but they all want to have success. Not well, all, I think everybody wants do. to. You know, if you put your name on something, you want to succeed. Yeah. Uh, unnamed in the four one four writes, my coworker's son was Ted Thompson's assistant in Green Bay for several years. I was told that Ted was at Lambeau on average of eighteen hours a day, seven days a week. Sure, and I, that doesn't surprise me knowing no. Ted, who also passed away at a young age, but relatively young age and he had no family he didn't have a family and he was one of those guys who just loved breaking down tape mm-hmm. and i always thought this about ted I, I thought that he would have made probably a better director of scouting than general manager because he was always looking for those guys that nobody else could find mm-hmm. he was always trying to find that guy from uh, whether it's the Mac school or even sometimes a Division two school, didn't always draft him, but would always know something about him. The way that his beautiful mind worked, uh, knowing just about everybody in the draft, my goodness gracious. Well, but, when we were at the Super Bowl uh, 2010, uh, I'm not sure he showed up until like 
a day or two before the game because he was scouting. He was at the he was scouting like these college all star games. Yeah. College camps. He would do that himself. It's like that's what you have a staff. Yeah. You no, know, you, you built the team, you're in the Super Bowl, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And I hope he did. Well, some of these coaches they don't enjoy the victories. They do. But um, you know, they're always thinking about okay, uh, this one's in the book. Uh, we got to think about the next game right away. Interesting. So I don't know if Sean McVay is going to step away from the Rams. I, like you said, he'll be back at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. John Gruden, I know that it kind of had a, you know, it ended with a thud, but, you know, he was gone for a, what more than a decade mm-hmm. when he went to the broadcast booth, and then the, the, the Raiders lured him out with a 10-year, $100 million contract. And he wasn't even a very good coach. I think he was the most overrated coach in the Gruden? NFL. Gruden? Yeah. No, I thought he was all right. You know, I think I think all these guys can coach. It's just, you know, you got to get the talent around you. I mean, and, and uh, look, look at the guy. Look at, look at the. Who did he make better? Who did Gruden make better? Who did he make better? Well, I mean, he won a Super Bowl in Tampa. Yeah, with somebody else's players. Well, still, but, you know, there's a lot of good coaches that don't win Super Bowl titles. Barry Switzer won a Super Bowl. With well, somebody yeah. else's well, players, but, but again, that's Barry why Switzer was a terrible coach. But that's right. Well, but again, he coached at Oklahoma. I mean, he can't be. A, this is, he was a he was a terrible NFL coach, great but, college coach. But uh, but I'll say this though: uh, all these guys, you put them in the right spot, and they can succeed. Phil Garner, you know, went to the World Series with the Houston Astros, and then they fired him, and then they fired. But yeah, but, you, but who knows? Now the, the, the Zach Taylor, the coach at Cincinnati, how about before the game? You know they're showing the records of both coaches. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, they show his record eighteen thirty six and one, and he's coaching in the Super Bowl. Well, this was the first Super Bowl where if you, you both starting quarterbacks, and people mm-hmm. say what they want to say about the records, one loss mm-hmm. records of, of quarterbacks. Yes, it's a team. I get it. It's a team game. It's the team game in baseball too. Tell Brandon Woodruff that he was a two games under 500 pitcher from a year ago. His ERA mm-hmm. was two and a half. But this was the first time in Super Bowl history that both quarterbacks had lifetime sub 500 records. How about that? Yeah, because the the Bengals were awful last year, and Joe Burrow missed half the season with a torn ACL. And Matthew Stafford's been in Detroit his whole career, losing ball games. But you put Stafford right. in a winning atmosphere, and he led him for a touchdown drive. Yeah. A touchdown drive. Matt, but, apparently, the problem wasn't Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Well, exactly, that's what we're saying. Uh, well, exactly. You know, uh, but then you know, you saw him quarterback against the Packers Thanksgiving weekend. And he couldn't get out of his own way, and you've seen him. Um, and I've seen him other times this year, and it's like God, and that guy won a Super Bowl. So, um, but I think again, coaches. There's a lot of good coaches out there, but you just get you get the right mix of talent, you, you know, uh, and the right chemistry and all that, and away you go. Uh, you know, Joe Madden, you know, who uh, won a World Series down in Chicago. Okay, now he's with the Angels. Maybe not have not as much success because you know, just because you're a great manager doesn't mean you're going to get take your team to the World Series. You got to have a good GM. You got to get the talent in there too. They need some pitching. They've had Mike Trout. Sure. And Otani, now for the last couple of years, the two best players right now in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. and they can't do anything. When you look at coaches in our history, either in baseball or basketball or football, who you think are an immediate difference maker because they're that good, who do you think of? Pat Riley? Um, Sparky well, because, Anderson because in baseball? So many, there's so many different factors. I think Phil yeah. Jackson. Phil ja- yeah, but he couldn't do it in New York. He couldn't do it in New York, but... Look, Dell Harris couldn't get Kobe and Shaq on the same page either. Mm-hmm. And Doug Collins couldn't get Michael Jordan, couldn't harness Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Bill Jackson comes in and does yep. that. 
So I think Phil Jackson is right up there in, in an era where it was really difficult to win NBA championships. Yep. And everybody wants to talk about Red Auerbach, Red Auerbach, Red Auerbach. Okay, great. There were eight teams in the league when Red Auerbach was mm-hmm. the coach. Sure. And he might be the greatest general manager in professional sports history. But, you know, when you assemble all of that talent, there's only eight teams that you're competing against. It's a lot easier to win. So I think that Phil Jackson, to me, is the best NBA coach of all time. You look at Belichick, and Belichick had Brady. Um, but beyond Brady, how many Hall of Fame caliber players, and there are a few sprinkled in over the you know course of the last 20 years, 20-plus years, but other than Brady, who was the best player or two or three that Belichick had in New England? Well, look at his team this year. He took a rookie quarterback and uh, took they him won, to the playoffs. They won 10 games when Brady was out when Matt Castle was the yeah, quarterback. Yeah. So maybe it's Belichick Yeah, well, he's the a NFL. I think he's a difference maker as well. Um, and maybe it's because he doesn't put up with any BS from anybody. And, you know, you can talk about, well, he's too hard on this and he's, you know, he's too much of a taskmaster. That, well, look, look at the trophy case. Yeah, he knows how to put people in position to win, too. Yeah. You can talk Most about Nick Saban all you want. You know, I don't like the way Nick Saban does this, that, or the other thing. The trophy case. Puts, I don't like Urban Meyer yeah. because of the way he does this, that, or the other. Trophy case. That puts people in position to win. Now Three he national did, championships. He couldn't do it in Jacksonville, well, but he did in college. It's a... And... Look, I don't think that uh, Nick Saban was a great NFL coach. I don't think he was terrible when he was with the Dolphins, but I don't mm-hmm. think that he was a great coach uh, when he was with Miami. Then he goes to Alabama, and all of a sudden it's national championship after national championship, mm-hmm. and he's the greatest college coach that's ever walked the planet. Yeah. Uh, and coaching in the NFL versus coaching in college, two, I mean, you couldn't be more opposite. I mean, you're leading kids versus leading men, and and the, the, the men make more than the coach does, and that's not the case in college, but... A lot of people don't like Urban Meyer's methods, trophy case. Sure. Now, there are a few coaches out there who I think are just way overrated, and I see them praised on TV, time, especially in the college game, praised in, uh, time after time uh, in the college game, and you know what have they really done? Uh, the guy who was coaching at Arizona um, in college basketball. Um, Lute Olson? Uh, no, not Lute Olson. <laughs> no, not Lute Olson. Sean, uh, oh, uh, Sean Miller. Sean, yeah, Sean Miller. Is it Sean Miller or yeah. was no, that no. his brother in uh, Indiana? No, Sean Miller. Uh, Dayton. Uh, Sean, Miller. Sean Miller, yeah. You know? What was Sean Miller? I mean, oh, the great Sean Miller. Okay. Sean Miller doing now. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I mean, a lot of coaches are thought of as the heir apparent to the to the legend. And then you mentioned Kevin O'Neill. A couple of former Marquette coaches. Uh, Kevin O'Neill was supposed to be Lute Olson's hand-picked assistant, and sure. he was supposed to be there for a generation. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Tom Crean was supposed to be Tom Izzo's hand-picked replacement. You know, when Tom and Tom uh, Izzo obviously is still coaching, and Tom Crean's down in Georgia right now after having been fired at Indiana, and Georgia's not very good this year. No, and, and Crean's probably going to get fired in Georgia. His his athletic director has already come out and said, well, you know what, this is I, I, during the season – uh, we're going to let our coach coach. I want to support my coach as much as possible. Mm. Okay, he's not giving an endorsement no. to Crean. Crean knows the house is burning there. So Crean, he's going to... He's got to do television. You're probably right, and and maybe go back to the mid-major level or an assistant somewhere, but... He's okay. not going to mid-major. Tom Crean? Too much of an ego. Yeah. Yeah, but... He he could do television because he's good he at television. He sure can, and he did TV. Um, he, he's really good. Uh, and, and but Crean, he's he's failed at uh, well, you know, he got the job done at Marquette. I know some Marquette people despised him when he left and all that. But let's face it, a lot of things wouldn't be happening at Marquette if it wasn't for Tom Crean. And uh, they'd go to a Final Four. Indiana did nothing. Georgia, tough place to win. Uh, just absolutely one of the worst college basketball programs in the country right now. And uh, yeah, 
But I, he'll get another shot. He's so well connected. Somebody will look at and say, "Well, this is the guy we're going to bring in." I'm not well, saying that's what Georgia did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, somebody else will. We just want a natty in football. So yeah. you know, now all eyes on basketball. But do know, something. I, I think they the last time they've been to the NCAA tournament in what 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. So. It has been. But he'll get a job. He'll get the when he gets fired in Georgia uh, after the SEC tournament. Uh, he'll get a job somewhere. Uh, on TV, or you'll believe he'll be employed somewhere. His kid plays for the Georgia baseball team. I didn't realize that. Oh, really? A couple weeks ago, yeah, I saw a story on it. Yeah, interesting. Kid who grew up here in Milwaukee. Yeah, when I you see Kids him running were, around after games. Yes. All right. Where will Aaron Rodgers be working? Will he be working in 2022? Pete Doherty from the Green Bay Press Gazette and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's scheduled to join us coming up straight ahead. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. We're in for Drew and KB. They're in Mexico. Sunburn Bowl 3. They're on from 9 until noon if you want to check out their wares. Otherwise, you've got us for the next hour and a half. And Pete Doherty talking some football coming up straight ahead. Stay with us. KB show rolls on without Drew or KB. Doug Russell, Chuck Freeman. And we are hopeful to be able to connect with Pete Doherty coming up in just a couple moments from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Congratulating him on a successful lobbying for Leroy Butler, now one of the newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm always interested every year uh, when he tells us about um, his presentation Mm -hmm. down at the Super Bowl for Leroy. And uh, I want to kind of hear how he presented it this year because, yeah, one of the, not that Leroy didn't deserve to get in, but you know, it's guys like Pete who give the presentation, who give the push toward the voters and the nudge, and say this is the reason why Leroy should be in the uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, looking I, forward to talking to Pete and catch up with him here. I, I wonder. I mean, the obvious one is Aaron, of course. Is there anybody else that Pete might be advocating for? Oh, in the years question. to come. You mean with Green Bay? Yeah. Uh, that he would have to, you know, somebody that he covered over the course of his career. Because you only really present your case, I think, and we'll talk to Pete hopefully here in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you only present when they're finalists. And Leroy's been a finalist now for, I think, what, the last three years? Three years, I want to say. So Pete's had to do three presentations mm-hmm. for Leroy. Is there anybody else? Because Charles Woodson's in. Charles Woodson. Uh, I mean, Aaron's the obvious one, of course. I think Devontae's on his way. Devontae may be on his way. Uh, did you mention Clay Matthews yesterday? I don't know that. Clay, no, I, I think. Somebody mentioned Clay Matthews. I think 10 years ago, Ross, I think 10 years ago, you know, when we saw him at the Super Bowl, I think he was on his way. Yeah. And then, no. No, I don't think Clay yeah, Matthews is getting in. He had one just like Ryan Bra- season with the Rams. Just like Ryan Braun. You know, 10 years ago, we thought Ryan Braun was headed to yeah, uh, Cooperstown. That's, that, that, that's not happening. No. But, uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, of this current roster. Or anybody that Pete's covered over the last, I mean, Pete's been there for yeah. I mean, Jordy 25 years, maybe. Jordy wouldn't. I mean, Jordy's the pack, would Packer Hall of Fame. Yeah, but Jordy's not going to be in the Pro Football Hall no, of Fame. No, no. But I'm talking about guy, great players and guys who have connections with Aaron Rodgers. You'd think of Jordy, but Jordy's not getting in. No. Uh, I know Donald Driver would like to get in, but no, he's, he's not going to get in. No, no. Uh, 
No, Greg. Of course, Greg Jennings is. Greg Jennings no. is not gonna. No. not gonna get in. No, nobody. I mean, a lot of these guys, like you said, they're Packers Hall of Famers. Packer Hall of Famers, but not, you know, good players. Oh yeah, and but this, not great. And this year, Leroy is going to get honored as he should be with uh, his name up on the wall, mm-hmm. up in the Ring of Honor at at Lambeau Field. You just walk into Lambeau Field, and it just drips with so much history. That's why I, I never. It never gets old to me. As many times as I've been in Lambeau Field, as many times as I've been in Lambeau Field when it's empty on a non-game day, it never gets old. It is always special. Russ, you are so right on that because when we drive by Lambeau Field, if we're up in Green Bay, I always got to take a trip by Lambeau Field. And you know what? We go in and we have a beer in 1919. And they know that. (laughs) You know, they just it's just like a magnet. It pulls you in. And you walk around the atrium. I mean, atrium. Just walk around the atrium. I don't know what it is about just being in that atrium and just, I don't care if it's April 1st or November 1st, going inside a Lambeau Field, it's an awesome thing. Just to walk around the venue, um, and not even inside the stadium itself, but just inside that atrium and just being a part of it. And especially when it's game weekend. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. I'm with you on that. I love an empty stadium because... Especially if it's a place that has a lot of history mm-hmm. to it. And I don't know that there are many stadiums. There are a handful. Like, you, know, you can talk about Wrigley Field. You can talk about Fenway Park that have the amount of history that Lambeau Field has. I don't think there's very, very many. Uh, I still take the stadium tour. We haven't done it in three years. But as many times as I've been at Lambeau Field, uh, you know, we still, on occasion, on a Saturday afternoon, when it's not sold out, because it's often sold out um, in many parts of the year, We'll take the stadium tour. They'll take you into the, uh, you know, the executive boxes, and they'll take you down by the locker room. Not going to the locker Never room. Never been on the tour. Got to go. I mean, again, you've been there as you know, much as anybody, too. Uh, and, but it, it just never gets old going on that tour, Doug. Uh, Jim is in Cambridge. Jim joins us here on the Drew and KB Show. Hi, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hi, guys. just want to add to what you guys are talking about, and I agree. Um, my wife has got season tickets way back from the late 50s and uh, worked at Channel 5 up there in Green Bay and uh, used to shoot some sports film for the station. Um, and we go to games probably twice, three times a year um, since uh, I was married in 83 and after working at Channel 5 and had met Leroy a couple times, and I'm so glad that he got in the Hall of Fame. But I absolutely agree with you about Lambeau Field. There's just something about it. Um, even shot some commercials inside the stadium a long time ago. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's one of those iconic venues. And thanks for the call, Jim. You you stare. You, you look down on the sidelines, and that's the same sideline that Vince Lombardi roamed. Mm-hmm. You know, you look in the south end zone, and that's where Bart Starr snuck across the end zone. You know, it, an iconic picture. It, it's an iconic moment in time, mm-hmm. and there aren't that many venues that are like that. And I love old. Especially when they're empty. When they're full, when it's game day, yeah, that's got its own special buzz. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like the the echoes. I mean, have you ever been to Notre Dame Stadium? No, I haven't. I mean, Newt Rockney no. designed Notre Dame Stadium. I yeah. hate it with the – they put turf down and no. uh, puke. But um, Notre Dame Stadium is another one of those stadiums. The L.A. Coliseum, and even when they're running car races there. Mm-hmm. The L.A. Coliseum is one of those you know special places. The Rose Bowl is one of those special places. That just has so much history. And sometimes I think we discard some of yeah, that Yankee stuff. Yankee Stadium, Fenway. 
Well, Yankee Stadium, they tore down old Yankee Stadium. Oh, well, you're right. You're right about that. You're right. Um, New, New Yankee, Yankee Stadium's fine. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was thinking, because uh, they, they redid it back in the 70s, but right. Right, they completely tore it down, and they made the new one. You're right about that. Uh, Fenway. Yeah. Fenway iconic, you know. Fenway's absolutely. I, don't I like... couldn't stop. The one game that I ever uh, spent at Fenway Park, I couldn't stop staring at the Green Monster. It was just so iconic. See, I don't think they should have put the stands above, you know, the fans above it. it I like it better when there was the ball would just disappear into the darkness. Well, but they, I will say this, and I'll give uh, the the Red Sox credit. Those seats that are on top of the Green Monster, they didn't do it, and I've taken the Packers a little bit to task. I mean, I'd say I took the Packers to task. Well, they still did it. Mount Murphy, mm-hmm. that, that wall of sound that goes straight up, yeah. to me, that looks a little goofy. In my opinion, I, you know, I, I think that they could have made it not stick out as much like a sore thumb as, to, to me, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Soldier Field bad by any stretch of the imagination, but those seats on top, in my opinion, of Fenway Park at um, at the Green Monster, they look like they've always been there. Okay, no, I just uh, when I see them, I'm like, oh man, and I get it. Hey, you know what? They're trying to cash in. They're trying to make some money off. No, absolutely. That's yeah, what that, I, that's what they all are, and they have to. Yeah, and that's why Mount Murphy was built because yeah. you have to. You have to. Continue to create you, revenue. You do, you do, and that's why the atrium at Lambeau Field was built. Mm-hmm. To, so guys like you and I, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, we'll roam in there and maybe take the tour or stop in and have a beer at nineteen nineteen. I'm going to be in Las Vegas in two weeks, three weeks, two or three weeks, whenever I'm there, and I want to take the tour of the new Allegiant Stadium, sure, the giant Roomba, mm-hmm. the Death Star, yeah, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Uh, that looks like an amazing place. And I haven't been to SoFi Stadium where they just played the Super Bowl. That looks like just an unbelievable kind of venue. Well, when we were in Dallas for the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, I was there for the Final Four uh, when Wisconsin was there in 2014. Yeah, that's an unbelievably canvas stadium. 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. I think it's too big for a basketball game. But which for, they've played there. Which Yeah, the Final Four. But, uh, and the All-Star game. And the All-Star game, yeah. Um, but... Uh, I mean, just unbelievable. But the one in L.A., you're right. I got it. I got it. Uh, it looks awesome on TV. It was, you know, one, you know, two years ago or last season when they had the when COVID hit and these stadiums were empty. I mean, just you looked at that beautiful SoFi Stadium and saw nobody in there, and it's like God, they got this nice stadium, mm-hmm. but nobody's using it. Five billion dollar stadium. Yeah, unbelievable. Unreal. Uh, Brian and Dowsman writes: Soldier Field was a, cu- a cool, iconic stadium, but then a ship crashed into it. It does kind of look like the love boat sandwiched in between the Parthenon, a little bit. Soldier Field. Yeah, I, I get uh, going to Soldier Field. There, that that really doesn't do anything for me. Uh, you know, even going to uh, you know going to Wrigley, going to Wrigley. You know, I'm not a Cubs fan, obviously, but going to Wrigley. I mean, Babe Ruth played at Wrigley Field. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, amazing. Babe Ruth played at Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fenway Park opened in 1912. So yeah, but I mean, Lambeau Ruth, Field opened in 1957. And, and it just seems when you walk around the outside of Wrigley Field and you see those apartment complexes, because I was I had gone to games in the seventies at Wrigley uh, when you know there was no lights and all that, and it just how how that has changed with the world um, is just amazing. You know, just how they built up all around there when it was just a you'd be driving around and all you'd be driving through Chicago and all of a sudden. Through a neighborhood, well, there's Wrigley Field. They're right well, in the middle of a block, and that's what we what we see when we uh, still. Come upon Lambeau Field, which is where Pete Doherty, you know, he plies his wares. And Pete Doherty now joins us here from the Green Bay Press-Gazette, as well as the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, USA Today, Wisconsin, covering the Green Bay Packers. He joins us here on the Drew and KB Show. We have found 
the aforementioned Pete Doherty. Hi, Pete. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Pete. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the really cool thing about going to Wrigley is you know you're sitting there and you can think in 1925 someone was sitting right here doing the exact same thing that yeah. I'm doing and it's just it's that's pretty cool to think about. That's Isn't unbelievable. It? I mean that's that that's what I think some of these old venues and you know Doug was talking about Lample the same thing about you know the, the quarterback sneak uh, I mean a Bart Starr in the ice bowl and one of the uh, you know, um, amazing events that uh, has happened in, in sports history and all that. But, you know, sometimes I think in the media, some media guys, you know, are numb to some of this. I don't know how your take on that is, but, you know, I'm telling you, like Doug was saying, I still go into Lambeau Field and I'm like, wow, I'm here, you know? Yeah, you know, you, um, you do get numb to it, you know, in part because the day-to-day just in, takes over your life. Mm-hmm. And what matters is you're there to work, to watch the game, to figure out what's going on to ask questions that have to be asked, to make points that have to be made. And so, yeah, you lose, you lose sight of that. But there are times where, you, have, you know, like the snow globe games or, um, you know, a, a tight playoff game where, you you know, for a second you might think, you know, this will, you know, 15, 10, 20 years from now, people might be talking about this game. Um, and it is, it's a, it's a cool old stadium. I wonder how long they'll be able to keep playing there. I hope it's for for decades. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, you get to see some iconic players play there and a lot of Hall of Famers including Leroy Butler. So do you get any kind of special invitation to Canton, Ohio when Leroy gets in for pleading his case successfully to the rest of your uh 49 other brethren who are voting on this thing? I don't think so. Um <laughs> I will be, you know, the the Press Gazette and Gannett will send me out there to do, you know, a couple stories on him and to cover the induction and all that. Um, and I've been out there for a few of those now. But uh, no, I don't think anything. <laughs> I don't think anything uh, beyond that. Leroy's the one who got the award and deserves to be in there. You know, so. So no um, orange you know, jacket for you or anything like that. Not golden. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, they no might wear a dunce cap, but that's about it. <laughs> So take us inside the process a little bit. I mean, we've heard a little bit about it, but, you know, how, how does that process go when you're pleading the case for a guy like Leroy or anybody else? So just a quick synopsis, you know, every year it's the, the list starts with about somewhere between uh, usually 100 and 110 eligible guys who have been nominated through some way or other. And like in September, October, we drop, knock that list down where you pick 25 and then the guys who get the 25 most votes um make the semifinals and then in like late november december somewhere in there we pick our top 15 and those are the guys who are discussed in the meeting the saturday night usually it's the saturday night before the super bowl we discuss those 15 guys and in the meeting you narrow the list after you discuss them you cut the list to 10 and then you cut again to five and you vote up or down on the five with 80 percent needed to get in um, so that's that's basically the outline of the of the process, and you know, Leroy, you get five minutes to make the presentation, and you wouldn't believe how quick five minutes goes. You know, the first time I wrote one out, I thought, yeah, this will be about five minutes, and it was like nine minutes. You know, I had to cut it basically in half, and uh, so you, you got to make your points fast and hard, and then the, there's a discussion. And with Leroy's case, every year he took another step. The first year, you know, he had been eligible for like. 12 years and you know my second or third year on the committee fourth year whatever it was um i sent out a half page email just with the highlights of what i thought made him a hall of fame player 
and that year he made the top 25. The next year did it again, included a wolf quote, and he made the top 15. And once you're in the top 15, you got you have a pretty good shot at getting in. I think it's something like 90% of the guys who make the top 15 end up getting in the Hall of Fame. And each year he took another step. You know, he went from not being anywhere to 25, the next year to 15. Then last year he made the top 10, and this year he obviously made the top five and got in. Once Atwater and Lynch got in, I think it was he was a shoe in. It was just a matter of whether it was you know this year or next year. So there wasn't any voter that had to be swayed that hey, this is uh, this is the guy. It was, he was Leroy. Basically, you know, he was like next man up. Basically, I think, but you know, you don't know what everybody's thinking, and you know, it's every voter's different. So, you know, over the last couple of years, I've emailed a bunch of voters and asked them you know, what they think of his case. Are they bullish on it? Did they have concerns? What, you know, what was missing from the presentation or the discussion? Um, you know, and I'd see voters in press boxes and games, you know, I'd usually bring it up just to get a feel for what they were thinking. The response I got was, was getting was, you know, everybody I talked to was, was anywhere from, yeah, I think he's a pretty good candidate to, yeah, I think he belongs in and I'm voting for him this year. Was That was the range. You never know if the people are being straight with you face-to-face, you know, they might not want to have a confrontational conversation, but the vibe was good, and uh, so going into the meeting, I felt really good about his chance. Like I said, you know, once Lynch and Atwater got in, his case stacked up so well with theirs. Um, it just, it looked to me like it was it was just a, it was a matter of uh, when and not if. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is, we know that he's already playing with a gold jacket right now. You'll probably your speech with him will probably be less than you know yours for Brett Favre. We probably won't even have to get his name out. Um, that having been said, is there anyone else that you've covered with the Packers that you anticipate at some point making the case for to get into Canton? I think Devontae Adams is on that track. Um, I think he needs a couple more big seasons because receivers' numbers have become so inflated over the last 25 years and as the rules keep evolving to make passing easier the numbers just keep going up and up and up so you know you can't compare his numbers to a guy who played in the 90s or even early 2000s um but if he keeps if you're one of the he's been one of the top three receivers for probably about three years now if he can do that for another year or two i think he's got a really good case Mm -hmm. uh for being in julius peppers you know he wasn't here a long time but I think he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. Um, Woodson's already in. Those are the guys that come to mind most immediately. Bakhtiari is a possibility, depending on uh, what this knee injury uh, does to him. You know, over the next few years. One of our texters asked about Sterling Sharp. He's his eligibility as a modern era player is up. So you're eligible after you've been retired for five years. And then you're eligible for 20 years. So 25 years after you're retired, if you're not in, you go into the senior pool. That's like Sam Mills got in. This was his last year of eligibility as a modern air player. Um, so Sharp has been out long enough now where he's in the senior pool. So there's a special, there's a committee of voters, like eight or nine voters who meet every summer. And they pick, depending on the year, it's either one or two uh, senior players. Uh, who's, who's presented to the committee. And if he gets through that committee and is sent to the committee as a whole, then it's almost a, it's pretty much a given he's going to get in. I think Sharp is on their relatively short list. So I think he easily still could end up 
getting in the hall. I know Ron Wolf has really been pushing him um, when he talks to voters, for instance. Uh, I think a lot of voters consult him. So I think Sharp's got a you know a decent chance, but that is it's really hard to make it out of that pool because there are. I think uh, one of the voters who works on the committee says he counts like sixty some guys who he thinks are hall worthy who are on who are in the senior pool. So mm-hmm. it's tough to get out of there, and it could take a long time. All right, what do you think is going to happen with Devontae here? Uh, a couple, the, the Packers are they going to franchise take him? Are they going to lose him to free agency? What's your feeling on this? So they've got a lot of camp maneuvering to do, but I still find it hard to believe that they won't find a way to not let him just walk. Because if he just walks, all they get is a third rounder, and that's next year, not this year. So I would think at the bare minimum, they're going to tag it. If they don't extend him you know, before the deadline, they're going to tag him to trade him. Um, it, I mean, this is just, you know, take it for what it's worth. This is just my best guess. If Rodgers is back, it, it seems to me it's got to be a given that Adams is part of that package. Um, and I would think the Packers would feel the same as Rodgers on that. If you're going to bring Rodgers back, you got to bring Adams back to maximize your chances. And if Rodgers ends up getting traded, then I think there's probably a pretty good chance they tag and uh, the end up trading Adams too. Last thing I have for you is the obvious question is the Aaron Rodgers question. Won't hold it to you or I'll hold you to this answer because I think that's impossible for anybody to look into a crystal ball and know exactly what's going on. But what's your gut feeling as to whether or not he's going to come back in 2022? Yeah, Doug, it is impossible. I keep going back and forth. When when Hackett got hired by Denver, I thought, okay, I think he's going to end up in Denver. Um, Watching his speech the other night left me inclined to think the other way, but I still think push comes. If you just just absolutely said you've got to make a call one way or the other right now, I I think I'd make the call that he uh, he ends up getting traded. Really, I over retiring? I just don't. I can't see him retiring. I, the same year that Tom Brady retired mm-hmm. and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, and I mean that's at the Hall of Fame. You know, Brady will dwarf everybody, and Rogers is playing so well. I just have a hard time. I could be all wet. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. I just have a lot of trouble seeing him uh, retire. I think that's the least likely of the options. That's just. My guess, though. Wow. So you think that factors, you know, Aaron, you know, Mr. Motivation, you think that he looks at that and says, well, Ben and Brady, I've already tired. I want to have my own spotlight. I, yeah, I would think so. Hmm. I, you know, and Brady especially, um, you know, and I don't think Rodgers would be uncommon in thinking that way. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who would. I mean, if I was in his shoes, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I thought the same thing, you know. Um, and, and he's played so well, I just think it would be, I would think it'd be really hard to retire, you know, coming off an MVP season. Yeah, interesting. Pete Doherty from the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, and Gannett, Wisconsin, part of the USA Today Network. You can read him in the Journal Sentinel if you're in Milwaukee as well. Pete, we appreciate the time so much, appreciate the insights, and uh, I'd say enjoy the off season. but there's no such thing anymore in the NFL, so thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, a lot, lot's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. There he goes, Pete Doherty. Love his work. Loved it for a long time in the Green Bay Press Gazette as well as in uh, all of the USA Today papers. Outlaw Pete, Wisconsin. man, always love reading Mondays after games. What his uh, view on the game is always a really strong take. I like it. Definitely. All right, uh, coming back. We by the way, we, we talked about uh, just for a second the fact that yesterday was Valentine's Day. It was and. We we haven't talked about you. You did something for Valentine's Day. I'm dying to know what it is. 
save that for the, when we come back. We'll do it. And uh, we will uh, convene in just a couple of minutes. And I'm interested, um, something you said about Valentine's Day off the air, okay. we'll get to two. All right, we'll do that. It's Doug Russell, Chuck Freeman, in for Drew and KB. They are in Mexico, 9 to noon this week, so they can play their reindeer games by the pool, or drink by the pool, or drink in the ocean, whatever they're doing. They're not doing the radio show this week, or at least this radio show, so that's why we're here. Stay with us. Welcome back in, Drew and KB. Without Drew or KB, Doug Russell and Chuck Freeman wrapping up our number two. So, did you have a good Valentine's Day? Went to a Mexican restaurant. Went to a Mexican restaurant. I think maybe the cloud of what we talked about over on the show yesterday about bringing dogs, visitors bringing dogs, relatives bringing dogs to the house, kind of put a little cloud over it. You know, I kind of you know, took her daughter to task a little bit uh, for you know being a, the nicest person in the world. Okay. Um, so know. she listens. Hi, Shannon. Oh, she does. Yeah, Erica um, doesn't listen. Oh, she doesn't. No. Why? It's old hat to her by now. Oh well, yeah. Still, she's heard, she's, she gets to hear me plenty at home. Well, yeah. And I think she's probably on the court right now too. Oh, okay. Well, she's got a daytime job too. Yeah. So Shannon's got you know she's got me on the speaker or whatever uh, at the desk. But yeah. But I think. But the the food we had was uh, uh, went to a Mexican restaurant and the food was bland. Oh. You know, you want some spice in the food. Well, if you're going to a Mexican restaurant, Yes. Sure. The salsa, the chips were good, and I think okay, the the chips and salsa are good. You know the. The regular portions are going to be good. The food came, and her chicken was kind of bland. My my burrito was not very good. It just uh, I so like the place. So you had a hell of a Valentine's Day. Well, but it wasn't a bad Valentine's Day. You know, it's just I think that cloud kind of hung over us from our. But that's it. Hey, I'm not going to take anything back. I said all right. I'm not going to take anything back. And Two just, hours down, one hour to go. Stay with she us. Knows. All right. <laughs> hey, she knows. I'm right. Points for honesty, man. Yeah. Points for honesty. He's Chuck. I'm Doug. This a good person. is the Drew and KB Show. <laughs> Welcome back in. Final hour of the Drew and KB Show. Doug and Chuck trying to get the clock back. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of murdered the clock a little bit there in the last hour. All These across, happen. All across our beautiful I'm state of Wisconsin. Sorry to all of our affiliates. Well, uh, Pete was a few minutes late, so we we wanted to get we wanted to get a full Pete Doherty experience, and um, you know. But it didn't allow me the opportunity to uh, ask you what you did for Valentine's Day. Now you told me something very interesting, Doug, uh, off the air yesterday, and I yeah. said, oh, "What are you guys doing?" And you I said, think- "Oh, we've been together for fourteen years. Ah, we're not doing anything. She's got a little work late anyway." And yeah. So yeah. So at what point did you stop celebrating Valentine's well, Day? I still got her flowers. I still got her a card, but it's not like we're you okay. know going out and getting the heart shaped pizza or anything like that. <laughs> okay. Um, Nothing wrong with that. But no. But I. W- when did it happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, again, still got her card. Still got her flowers. So I would say we've always had weird schedules, though. I mean. There have been times when she's been out of town. She used to work for the United States Tennis Association. She's traveling all the time. Sure. Um, I've had weird schedules because when you work in radio, you have weird schedules. I know that. So I remember there was – we had John Greenberg on earlier in the program, president of the Admirals. Uh, there were a couple of years we celebrated Valentine's Day. One was at the Bradley Center. The other was at the arena mm-hmm. when I was doing – because I'm also an ordained minister. Thank you very much. Uh, I was doing Weddings on the Ice. 
during Admirals games. Sure. So sometimes we'd spend Valentine's Day at a hockey game because nothing says love like hockey. Oh, yeah. So, hockey brings – sports brings people together. Sports brings love together. Sure. Did you ever see, like, some of these videos on YouTube, and they, I guess they've probably been on TV, too, where somebody will do a marriage proposal at a game and it'll go awry? It's like, is that a setup? Or always. No? I think it's always a setup. You think that's a All, gimmick? A hundred percent of the time, not even 99% of the time, I think 100% of the time, that is a setup. Why would they do that? Why would a sports team do that? Because... Wouldn't they want a happy ending? Well... A good ending, let's it's, say. It's a... <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. <laughs> it's uh, it's attention, you know. Yeah. Look at what so and so did to her boyfriend at the yeah. I don't know, pick a team, the Denver Nuggets game, <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche game. I think it's just something that gets you on Sports Center. It's a blip, and maybe it'll go viral. Well, but I think it's always a setup. There was the Rams player. Did you see that? Uh, yes. I forgot which player it was who proposed to his girlfriend. Yes. See, I think that's not. I mean, that's that's a spot you need to be with your team. And your family. I don't think that's a spot for marriage proposals. Well, apparently it was. No, I know, but I just don't. I just don't think it's. I don't know. It's not the right time for that. You know, there's a time and place for that. I think after you win the world championship and your team has won the world championship, to, to take away from that spotlight, that's not right. Okay, that's not the right. Uh, that's not the right venue for that. Well, I don't think that there's a wrong venue for that. I think that is. I think the only wrong venue I think ever for. A proposal was my first wedding proposal because my now ex-wife bitched about it so much. I finally said, "Here, I'll just go get you your damn ring." Okay, wait. Now let's and get... handed her the oh, damn ring. Wait, wait, wait. wait. She that was bit, a mistake. She she well, we all have those. Oh, yeah. um, we she bitched about the fact that she that, had not got the ring yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you just how I just you... I gave in because I was young and stupid. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons she's now my former wife. How long were you dating? Out of here, and she was. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we're you'd... in our twenties, though. When you're in your twenties, that's why. If I ever become president of the world, the first act that mm-hmm. I'm going to blanket over the entire world is that you're not allowed to get married before you're thirty. You're probably... Your frontal lobe hasn't you're developed right. yet. You're right. I've been to weddings, and I'm. I went to a wedding. Um, yeah, four or five years ago. Uh, Shannon's one of her friends' daughters or something. That got married. The girl looked like she was twelve. Okay. All right, she was what twenty two. Okay, right. uh, you know twenty two. It's like you're twenty two. It's too young. Yes, you're too young. Now I know people, our parents and all that, got married young and all. But I mean, today's world, twenty. My mother was nineteen. Yeah, and still together. But I think yeah. maybe that was a little different. Nineteen back then was a little bit more grown up than nineteen today. Well, times were so much different. Yeah, nineteen, though, twenty, twenty two year old. You know, don't you're have only, a brain in their head. Right, but you know, in a hundred years ago, you were only going to live to be forty five. <laughs> well. Well, I'm not talking about the 50s or 60s. Right. Yeah. Okay, so maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. I'm not talking about the 40s here. Your parents probably were married in the 60s or 70s. My parents were married in 1966. Yeah, my 65 for mine. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so, but it's uh, it's it's all good. You had a good night anyway. That's a, you know Valentine's Day. Again, I look at that as a hallmark day anyway. You know, you just oh a thousand percent. It's you know. it's uh, we had leftover chili. Okay. And a bag salad from the store. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, we had the the Mexican food, and like I said, you know, our our sh- my show, uh, my my show, my statement on our show um, about uh, you know about the dogs coming over and all that kind of put a little cloud over that. I could tell. I could tell. You've been with somebody <laughs> for seven years. Well, see, you could tell the difference between 
your girlfriend and my wife as your girlfriend listens to the show. Yeah. But Hi, Shannon. Have you ever said <laughs> things, though, that uh, have gotten back to her? No, well, because I don't, because I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything. Oh, I do, but that's see, that's my I, gimmick. <laughs> I, I don't have anything bad. Number one, I honestly don't have anything bad to say about her. Well, I don't have anything bad to say any about her either. I don't. Um, but you know, sometimes you'll say certain things that um, you know that'll rile. You know, like yesterday, you know, you talk about a you talk about a woman's daughter. Okay, yeah, that that would kind of hit me out Who's, of left field. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, well, not going to lie to you. But I'm just you know again, you know it's a. <laughs> I think if you're 30 years old, you know you should be, you know you're not America's guest anymore. You know you're not 20, you're not 19. You know uh, you come over to somebody's house, you you bring some food over, you you pick up a dinner tab once in a while. You know it's just you know you're not in scholarship forever. <laughs> I was, and that's is a there a sticky, shovel out back? You want to keep digging? I don't care. That's a little. That's a sticking point. It is what it is. All right. Know? Okay. My, my, you know, my kids. I'm telling them. I told you know. To, you're 24 years old. My oldest kid said, "If we're going to go out to dinner once in a while, you're going to pay for the tab. You know, you're not on scholarship forever." Okay. All right. I, I'm with you. Look, I mean, right? the first time I was ever able to pick up the tab for my parents, it was a watershed day in sure. my life because was, I felt Absolutely. proud that I was able to do that. In my parents' life, I do the same thing. We'd go to a restaurant and I'd pick up. Oh, you don't have to. Yeah, of course. Yes. You, and you're exactly right. You feel a little pride. You don't want to be a freeloader all it's just because, you know, you're with mom and dad. You know, you're not 16. You know, you're 30, 25, well, when you 30 first, years old. I, I, that's why I asked you, you yesterday, how old is she? And I, I assume she was like 17 or something. No, like that. 30. Okay. But, you know, apparently, you know, that doesn't matter. You know, she's, you know. but you know what? It could, that's where parenting comes in. You say, hey, you know what? It's your turn. But, you know, doesn't want to rile things up apparently. So, okay. all right. Very good. Um, one of the things that we were going to talk about yesterday, we never got a chance to, uh, were Super Bowl cities. I think, and I, I tweeted this out on Sunday, I think that Los Angeles is once again going to be in, when I say heavy rotation, I mean really, mm-hmm. really heavy rotation. We're talking about all-star games. Yeah. I think the Super Bowl is an entirely different animal when it comes to what city is going to get it. Mm-hmm. You saw the way that SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles played to that Super Bowl crowd. Number one, how much fun would we have had out there if the Packers were in the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Uh, you and you and I have been together at one Super Bowl, but we've been at three Super Bowls at the same time. Yes. And yeah, you've you covered are. four, I've covered five. Yes. Um, well, you know, yesterday I was telling you that the All-Star Game should be at a different facility every year in the NBA at Major League Baseball. For the Super Bowl, it should be in warm cities. It should be, you know, Los Angeles. Or a dome. Or a dome. Phoenix, New Orleans, Tampa. Uh, you know, it, uh, I mean, if you want to play in Minneapolis, that's fine. Yeah, play in Minneapolis, that's good. But there's something about, especially where we are, when your team's in the Super Bowl, going to a warm weather city. Just like the Rose Bowl. When the Badgers were in the Rose Bowl, you go out to California for sure. you know, the, uh, the first of them a year. But if it's a dome, I don't care. I just want my team there. And, yeah. and so I covered the Rose or the, the I've covered two Rose Bowls, but uh, I covered the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Not a warm weather city. No, but I'd say the there weather, too. The weather was mild. Yeah. Uh, irrespective of that, Indianapolis did a great job and they're never. Here's the crime. Indianapolis is never going to get another Super Bowl. And I think they should. Why? Cold weather city. But they're they just held Cold the, weather Midwest city. I was there for the uh, the national championship game for football. Uh, Georgia and Alabama. They I do a great job, and they do fantastic. the Final Four all the time. And you're right, and I think it's a terrific place to go for that. And so, but uh, what what Super Bowl was in Indianapolis? Forty six. Who was that? So ten years ago, it was the Giants beating the Patriots. Okay. Oh, all right. So that was okay, Indianapolis. Um, yeah, I, I they should get a Super Bowl. I agree. Minneapolis. They should did get everything one. right. 
Detroit should get one. Detroit did get one. But, you know, Green Detroit Bay. Detroit got two. You know, when I hear the talk about Green Bay should get a Super Bowl. No, Green Bay should not get a Super Bowl. Nah, there's a million reasons Green Bay should no, get a Super Bowl. No, no. They're going to get the draft, though, hopefully in a couple of years. That okay, yes. But not, uh, you know, these should go in domes or warm weather cities yeah, and let everybody play on an equal playing field. And uh, But I prefer, you know, the warmer cities because we're from the north here and going to those warmer cities selfishly, it's a it's a good thing. So, I, I mean, I think next year it's in Phoenix. Yes, it's in, in Phoenix. Uh, and then uh, Las Vegas, the year after that, that's going to be interesting in Vegas. Boy, I mean, I never thought there'd ever be a pro football team, a pro sports team in Vegas. And you're a gambler. Yes, but I think, you know, the rules are out, you know, for years and years. So we don't want to talk about sports gambling. We don't want to talk about, you know, I remember working in Green Bay and we talk about betting on the air. And this is 2005 and they for, they didn't want that. But now, <laughs> you know, the... The horses are out of the barn. Well, yeah, the tube is out of the toothpaste, the train has left the station, whatever you want to call it. And I think that that's a good thing because you're just bringing more people in. And we were, ironically enough, we were talking about politics off the air. Politically, where I'm at with this is I'm a libertarian from the standpoint of if you want to gamble, knock yourself out. Sure. It's your money. Do with it whatever you want. My problem with the expansion of sports gambling, the integrity of the sport itself. I I worry a little bit about that. Well, the Dolphins are going through that right now. Yes. Well, that's because of um, not gambling related, is it? That's because of the draft? No, it's because uh, allegedly, I should say allegedly, according Mm -hmm. to the lawsuit that Brian Flores has filed against the NFL and certain teams, the Dolphins included, uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, paid him $100,000 for each loss. So they could improve their draft stock, but that had no gambling related. Well, it is gambling related from the standpoint that you know you count on the integrity of the game, and if there's and not integrity yep. of the game, mm-hmm. if there's not true competition, if you're not putting forth your best effort to win the game, this Stephen Ross might lose his team. And if the, if Brian Flores is correct and he can corroborate that he was paid and offered a hundred thousand dollars for each loss, mm-hmm. Stephen Ross should lose his team. And if Flores accepted money. For losing a game, he should never coach again. Well, he might not coach again. Should never coach. No, he should never be allowed to coach again. Um, I don't think Tim Donahue, the NBA, the crooked NBA yeah. official from 15 years ago, I don't think he's the only one who's ever done that. I don't I, think college or pro. I would probably agree and with. Him. I just think the with the expansion of gambling, I don't think I don't like I don't like it for. And you know, I like gambling on games. I don't think it's good for college sports. Honestly, I think gambling could. I mean, the expansion of gambling in a roundabout way could clean up some of these sports. Could clean up the Stephen Rosses allegedly How's paying a hundred thousand dollars because everybody's going to be hyper sensitive to the integrity of the game. Yeah, but let's say I'm a point guard playing for some small little college wherever in some small state, and you know. I'm not, I have no shot at going to the NBA, and a gambler approaches me and says, uh, "Hey, you know what? Uh, here's a hundred thousand dollars. You don't have to lose the game, but uh, you know, just kind of keep it within the point spread there." And you know, with the, I'm sure that happens in today's day and age. I'm sure you're right with the expansion of gambling. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you're right, and I don't but like it in today's day and age where nothing is secret anymore, mm-hmm. and there's a paper trail on everything, and worse than a paper trail is an electronic paper trail because mm-hmm. that's the paper trail that doesn't go away, I think that that's going to become fewer and far further between. Well, I hope you're right. And I, I do watch certain sporting events sometimes, and I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> that's that was bizarre right there. 
little bizarre. Um, you know, how sometimes a, team, a drop is just a drop. How a team how sometimes a, it's how, not. how a team you know is down by fifteen points and they're playing the foul game, and then once they're covering that point spread by eleven, mysteriously with a minute left, they're not following anymore. Odd. You know, Brent Musburger once said. Barry Switzer always knew what the number was. You mentioned Barry Switzer. Mm-hmm. So when he was at Oklahoma, he always knew what the number was because for his betting alumni, he was going to satisfy those people. Well, it's like Brent Musburger. I mean, I think that he's a perfect choice to be. Look, I, I wish Brent Musburger was like 30 years younger so he could be the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Brent's in his 80s. I know. So Father Time still, believe it or not, is undefeated. Uh, he's but, you know he's lost a couple of matches here and there, but never the entire never the entire season. Um, but having Brent call Las Vegas Raiders games and being so open and has been over the last decade mm-hmm. or so so open about the fact that yes he does gamble and he does sure. gamble a lot. Well, he runs the that NF- decent network. Yeah, and and the NFL is just Jim Dandy fine yeah. with not only a team in Las Vegas, but. You know, there's the NHL that's in Las Vegas. I think that the Oakland A's are probably going to wind up moving to Las Vegas because they just bought a big plot of land on the Strip. Um, it's become a destination, and that's where the Super Bowl is going to be in a couple of years. The Super Bowl in Las Vegas, if you would have said that to Pete Rozelle, he's probably spinning in his grave right now. But that's just the way that sports has gone. There was a story, Brent, I was listening to Brent talking one time about gambling, and Brent mentioned something about the, the game going over as far as the over and under mm-hmm. and Pete Rozelle kind of called him the next day and Brent was wondering if he was going to lose his job. Yeah. He said, you know, Brent, we can't be talking about that. Yeah. I mean, but you think about it, fantasy football is a form sure. of gambling and the NFL has embraced that. So, I mean, once that door got cracked open, well, look at it was just it was inevitable that you know it was just going to flood the the floodgates were just going to open up. Well, look at the like the bottom line on that they show on ESPN the ticker always shows the point spread of course. over and under. Yeah, you go to cbssports.com and it always shows what yeah. the spread is or espn.com it always shows absolutely. What but the again, is. the expansion of gambling good in some sense. I'm just not really good. It's sure sure it's good for pro and college sports. On a whole, as far as the integrity, yeah. on many levels. Well, I was just talking about the Super Bowl and the fact that in a couple of years it's, it is going to Las Vegas. There's more hotel rooms in Las Vegas than I think any other city mm-hmm. in North America. Seems like a natural fit, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, the best Super Bowl city that well, there's two. New Orleans is great because it's New Orleans, mm-hmm. and New Orleans is just fun. <laughs> the underrated city for a Super Bowl, in my opinion, San Diego. But they don't have an NFL team right now. They don't. They tore down the stadium. They don't even have a stadium anymore. Yeah, it was at Qualcomm when yeah. we went with the Packers in 32, mm-hmm. Super yeah. Bowl 32. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Weather was good. The weather was great. You had all those great restaurants downtown. Mm-hmm. The uh, heating lamps outside. The heating lamps outside <laughs> in the gas lamp district. The uh, convention center, which is where yeah. the NFL, I think the NFL Experience and Radio Row was both there at the same time. I might be mistaken on that. But you go out. We did some whale watching that week. We went down to Tijuana separately yep. that week. Um I thought San Diego was just fan. I hope San Diego needs an NFL team. And the fact that the Chargers are playing in Los Angeles as a tenant to the Rams still doesn't make any sense to me. No, not at all. San Diego does need, they should have never lost their team. You know, uh, and, and, you know, Oakland too. I don't think Oakland should have lost their team. Yeah, but Oakland, Oakland's stadium was worse than San Diego's. I, I get that. But still, the fans are still as passionate. You know what, though? 
the, the fans in Oakland, a they lot of them, teams. a lot of them have traveled to Las Vegas. I know, is that amazing? That's amazing yeah. to me. Yeah, and, how loyal they are. And I was talking to my friend Bonte Hill, who does the mornings on their station called the game in San Francisco. I think it's ninety-five-seven. Mm-hmm. The game in in San Francisco, and I asked him because I was out in San Francisco one time, and this was before the Raiders actually moved, but it had already been announced. So the stadium in Las Vegas was under construction. It was a fait accompli. I think they were, may have been playing in their last year in Oakland. And I talked to Bonte, and I'm like, I'm in downtown San Francisco right now. I'm walking Pier 39. I'm on the Embarcadero. And the 49ers are having a really, really good season. And I'm seeing three, four, five times as many Raiders fans walking around okay. wearing T-shirts or hats or you know whatnot. And this was during football season. Don't Do they not know that they're leaving? It's like it's one thing you have to understand is that Raiders fans are national fans. They are. And yes, they're sad that they're leaving Oakland. They're still going to follow them to Vegas. And I guarantee you and there they are, have. And there are Raider fans living in Wisconsin who are Raider fans from back when Kenny Stabler and Freddie Bolitnikoff and and you know, those guys, Cliff Branch. Or, or when they were in L.A. Mark with Van Marcus Egan. Allen. Pete Banizek. Yeah, what's that? Yes. Or when they were in L.A. when yes. it was Howie Long playing for the L.A. Sure. Rams or the L.A. Raiders and Marcus Allen they're playing for national, the L.A. Raiders. They're, they're a national team. Even though they haven't been very good, you know, they're still a, a, a national product. Definitely. I'm at Packers are, too. Oh, of course. Packers yeah. are. Well, that's yeah, they'll always be. They kind of always have been. All right. Uh, speaking of national, national rankings, uh, they were relatively kind to the Wisconsin Badgers. They uh, only fell one spot despite their loss mm-hmm. on Saturday to Rutgers, but they've got a big game tonight against Indiana. We'll get you set for that because coming up at 7 o'clock tonight on some of these stations, you'll be hearing Matt LaPay and Mike Lucas, especially uh, certainly on our flagship 97.3, the game in Milwaukee. Uh, we'll have the uh, basketball game broadcast for you tonight. I'll be on after the game with the post-game show, so stick around for that, but we'll preview it. Coming up straight ahead, Drew and KB without Drew or KB. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. Stay with us. Say I don't do anything for you, Frames. Ah, give me an REO song once a day. That's good. Thank you, Russ. <laughs> hey, that, that's bad. That's not bad. I'll give you no. some REO. Yeah. Give you your, Throw me a bone there. Oh, well, of course. We go back. You know who can probably do a good REO is uh, is Jocko, man. The guy is an amazing, an amazing karaoke guy. You mean Mike Jocko Jocks, NBC 15 Sports Director in Madison? Yeah, I'm sure he's done some REO before. I wonder if he's ever done any REO before. Oh, Welcome back in, by the way. It's the Drew I and KB show without Drew or KB. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. I don't know. Jocko, can you sing REO? I, I want you guys to know, first of all, that I am not Drew or KB either. So I, <laughs> I kind of wanted to fit in with you guys. But I can do REO Speedwagon, especially that song. So I was going to say, like, Chuck and I... You know, we go way back. I mean, like, you have to get in the way back machine and then hit, like, extra way back on the way back machine because, I mean, like, and we were talking about this at uh, the Ryder Cup on the bus, the media bus. Yeah. That I mean, like, we keep thinking, like, yeah, man, we've known each other for, like, 15 years, and it's, like, actually, it's, like, 20, and then actually it's, like, 30. 
dear Lord, at least 30 years that I've known Chuck. And it, dear God, it's, it's crazy to me. But, yeah, we used to do uh, karaoke back in the day at Chi-Chi's. <laughs> Southridge. Uh, Southridge. Why? Chi-Chi's at Southridge. But he, but I love all, it. Jocko brought the crowd in. My goodness. It's like, how old are you without saying how old you are? Uh, I used to do karaoke at Chi-Chi's. That's how old I am. Yeah, and you know, again, like you brought the house in. Well, you and I are both from Greendale. You went to Greendale yeah. High School, are probably in their Greendale Hall of Fame. I'm at Martin Luther. Uh, I'm one of their alumni, and I probably will never, and I missed out on another class, will never make the Martin Luther Hall of Fame for whatever reason. <laughs> Maybe because I'm divorced twice. That's probably it. Well, well <laughs> that's why. Well, I mean, I what other reason? I'm probably the most famous alumni, and I'm not going to get in, but okay. I still Passed love you. Again. I'm glad that's you're not it. bitter about it. No, that's all right. That's all right. Oh. You know, I'm not a judge. So, uh, yeah, we used to rock it back at, at Chi-Chi's back in the day. I mean, all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, different songs and, you know. Don't Fear the Reaper was your go-to. Yeah. Don't Fear the Reaper, a great, just a great song by Blue Oyster Cold. So <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days. Very nice. Um, all right, so ostensibly we were going to have you on to talk uh, some Badgers basketball. Wisconsin going for a uh, road victory tonight at Indiana. Bit of a hiccup on Saturday in their game against Rutgers. Uh you know, this has been a team that's been a little bit helter-skelter from the standpoint of, man, there are some nights where they just look spectacular. Michigan State, Purdue, yep. um, those two road wins, signature wins, spectacular wins this season. And then there are nights they just can't throw it in the ocean. Is it? it does it go any deeper than as long as you hit your shots, you've got a pretty good chance to win with these guys? No, I, I, I can add more, but I think that's about it, right? That uh, they came into that, you know, Michigan State game and, you know, just played lights out and, and found a way to win on the road, never gave up the lead. And to do that in the Breslin Center, you think, man, this is, you know, this team is really, really good and have a chance to do some really, really big things down the stretch. And, you know, that, that takes a lot out of you. And then, you know, you play only a couple of days later and you're playing at the Cole Center, early start time, and shots don't fall. And then you start, you know, for as much as you believe that you're going to win and uh, upset Michigan State at their place, you know, and then that, that thought creeps in your mind a little bit against Rutgers that, hey, you know, maybe this just isn't our day and, you know, the shooting woes continue a little bit uh, for guys. So it's just – it was just one – I think, Doug and Chuck, that it's just one of those days, I think, for for the Badgers on, on Saturday um, against Rutgers, a team that was hungry, and they just pulled off an upset as well. Uh, they've had a couple. I think they've had three uh, big wins in a row over ranked teams. First time they've ever done that. So, uh, as for as much as it, you know, for as much as troubling as it was on uh, on Saturday, I, I, you know, I'm looking for the Badgers to bounce back. Won't be easy in Indiana, of course. But uh, any any time you go on the road in the Big Ten, it's it's not fun. But uh, uh, you know, I, I just think really it was shooting modes, and you start to believe that you're not going to shoot well that night. And, uh, you wind up with an L. Yeah, yeah. There's no shame losing to Rutgers. Somebody, you know, probably no. chalked it up. Yeah, I mean, they beat Purdue. They've beaten uh, Michigan. A week before that, they they crushed Michigan State. Right. Beat Ohio State. They came back and won. So yeah, that's not a. I'm not worried. But so I'm worried about tonight's game against Indiana. I mean, Indiana. They're um, they're going to get Trey Galloway back. He's their best perimeter defender, and he'll he'll be on. Um, he'll be on Johnny Davis. Johnny did not have to face him the first time around. Galloway was hurt. Uh, and we're talking about a Hoosier team that's hungry for a win. They've lost three in a row, and they're fight, They're literally fighting for their NCAA tournament lives right now. Right, and, and that, you know, if you remember back in Madison, uh, 
Mm-hmm. They held a big lead, and, and and the Badgers pulled this unbelievable comeback to to beat them at home. So they might be a little bit, you know, so a little bit upset from that uh, from that loss they suffered in Madison and a little payback time. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. It's one of those things where you uh, certainly are worried that you know you hate to win lose two in a row, but uh, yeah, you're you're right, Chuck. It's not bad to lose Rutgers this year because of of the way they've been playing, and not a, certainly not a team that you want to play down the stretch or in the Big Ten tournament or, uh, you know, if they get in the NCAA tournament. But, uh, but uh, you know, here's a chance for the Badgers to bounce back. Brad Davidson, who played so well, uh, you know, for the most part this year, just has found himself in a little bit of a funk. And certainly guys, that, you know, guys and coaches and defenders are trying to figure a way to st- stop Johnny Davis. And, uh, you know, it worked a couple times. But, man, he played so great against Michigan State, found a way. Uh, in the second half to, to lead that team. And that's exactly what they need. You know, for as much as you, you want to rely on one player, and Tyler Walls, another guy that has come, you know, uh, a slow start, but now has come back really strong. A guy like Johnny Davis to put the team on his back and just and play strong. He, he, I, I think back to the Minnesota game at the Cole Center where he, uh, you know, was kind, kind of lost for a little bit the first half, and then uh, just down the stretch he was able to, to uh, take it to a next level and get a win for for Bucky. Mike Jocko Jocks joining us from NBC 15 in Madison. When Tom Crean left Marquette to go to Indiana, basically his explanation was, I'm going to Indiana because it's Indiana. So in a circuitous (laughs) way, I ask you this question as an observer of Big Ten basketball. Is Indiana, however many years later, is Indiana still Indiana? I think there's that mystique, you know, they come out in those candy striped pants and the, you know, the old school um, warm up jackets that say Indiana and script on the back. And it, it still looks like, you know, that mystique is there, but um, just the, the record, you know, this is about not Bobby Knight's uh, uh, Indiana Hoosiers anymore. And it's been a long time. It's been, I think even, you know, probably about the same amount of time I've known Chuck. So it's uh, <laughs> maybe that, Maybe that's not as, you know, I think it's still Indiana, but it's not the Indiana that Tom Green was, you know, thought he was leaving for uh, with all of the hoopla that surrounds that program. I think it's certainly lost its luster. You certainly respect the past. I mean, you know, it, is, it was once a great program. I think it's a, it's a good program now. And certainly, you know, I think it still has potential, obviously, to get, you know, to get to great potential, but you know, as far as I think they wouldn't you agree they used to be a blue blood. Now they're like you know, maybe like. Well, they haven't got the coaching hired right. Uh, you know, they 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 failed with Green. They failed with Archie yeah. Miller. We'll see how Mike Woodson does. But you know, the yeah. last couple of coaches they've run through there have taken the program down a couple of notch. But uh, th- yes, that that pride of Indiana basketball has not been there for the Hoosiers in quite a while. while. Yeah, but I, but I think that you know, like like all programs nowadays, I think you still have a chance to. Uh, to fill the back up and 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 get to where they used to be, but the Big Ten, the Big Ten is kind of you know there's a lot of teams that have passed by who would have thought you know 25, 30 years ago that the Badgers would have blown past you know a team like Indiana as far as you know being on the national stage and being one of the best teams year after year after year. So when the tournament rolls around, in your opinion, Jocko, is this a team that is built? Is it a team that is constructed for a deep tournament run? Doug, I think they're getting there. You know, like uh, for as well as they've done, and you know, like uh, can they get better? Yeah, yeah, I think they can. I think that 
uh, you know, they're a team that, um, you know, they started off so fast and like surprised people and went to the tournament in Vegas and did some big things out there and then came back and, you know, have upset some teams. But I think that there's a chance for this team to get better. You know, like a guy like Stephen Crawl or, or, you know, I mentioned uh, Tyler and Tyler Wall, Crawl and Wall. It's, it's fun to say. Uh, that, that guys, you know, there's guys developing. Chuck Hepburn has been unbelievable as a freshman. He may not mm-hmm. score a lot of points, but he's hit some big baskets. But his defense and, you know, playing point guard in the Big Ten, he's been so great. And maybe, it, you know, maybe hits the freshman wall for a little bit. Um, but I, I still think that he's a winner and he's come from a winning program in Omaha. And I think that down the stretch, he's going to be huge for the Badgers. Uh, obviously, Brad needs to get Brad Davidson needs to get his his shot back a little bit. And and but if you have a guy like Johnny Davis, you guys, I think you can go uh, deep. You can make a deep run if he's playing well. If he's able to, you know, continue to put out as many points as he has and play like you know a national player of the year contender. Um, yeah, I'm getting excited about it. You know, there there's time early in the season though. I thought you know maybe they're just doing it with smoke and mirrors, and this isn't really the team. You know, everybody expected them to be lower tier Big Ten, and now they're upper tier. And you know, maybe you don't believe, but I'm starting to believe in this team. They're they're good, and they get some quality players. Some you know, a senior leadership, fifth year senior leadership, and in Brad Davison, and and a player like Johnny Davis, you can go uh, deep into March. Well, and here's what, April. here's the here's the problem. Um, they're the worst three point shooting team in the Big Ten, uh, and and they're not. And like you mentioned, Davison, you know, can't throw it in the ocean these days. But I still think this is a really good team, and I would take it. They could beat anybody in the country, yeah. And you know, they could certainly lose. But um, you know, even though they've gone through a little rough patch here, they beat Michigan State last week. You know, their perimeter defense wasn't great. Michigan State missed some shots uh, in that game. I, I, I didn't think they were ready to come. They, the Michigan State did not play well at all. Um, yeah, but still, Wisconsin went in there. I think Wisconsin still is a top three or four seed. In any region, I, and I hope they get regioned here. I like it. That would be great to be more up there. I could hang out with you guys. We could go to we could go to Chee Chee's and hang out. And, oh God, yeah. I got new. I, I don't want to disappoint you. There, I was going to say <laughs> I could break some canned <laughs> sauce. I can go back to the one that was on Blue Mound, but I don't think it's there anymore. No, it's not. It was a different Mexican restaurant for a while. I thought. Oh, was What's it? What's wrong with those three guys hanging out? You know, we just drink margaritas and karaoke. <laughs> 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 you know. We'll call old Jeff Keller up and get his karaoke machine back up, and uh, we'll be rocking it. We'll Jeff rocking Keller it. karaoke machine. All right. yeah, I brought it back. I'm old school. did bring it back. Go, Ed. Mike Jacko Jocks from uh, NBC15 in uh, Madison joining us. We've got Badgers basketball on some of these same stations, including our flagship in Milwaukee, 97.3 The Game. Jocko, great stuff. Always appreciate, uh, appreciate you, pal, and uh, we'll talk again right. soon. Thanks, Jock. I appreciate you. Love you guys. All right. There he goes. Coming back, we'll have our quick trip, quick take of the day before we uh, send you off into your evening. It's the Drew and KB Show without Drew or KB. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. Stay with us. It's the Drew and KB Show without Drew or KB. Doug Russell, Chuck Freeman, coming to you live from the Iron Jock Studios. Iron Jock, the most advanced performance apparel ever made. Now through the end of the month, February 27th, 
Buy $75 or more of Iron Jock and you'll get a no-stink duffel bag for free. No promo code. As long as your shopping cart is over $75, the duffel bag is automatically added to your order gratis. Go to ironjock.com. That's ironjoc.com. All right. Also, now time for our quick trip takes of the day. If you need something for dinner tonight, I do need something for dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. And I have to find a quick trip around here because there's... South 20... Yeah. Well, no. You go at South uh, Highway 100. Down yeah. by Franklin, there's one. There is one down there. And there's one, um, I want to say, near Lincoln on Highway 100. Tucked away I've gone there. over. I've gone to that one a couple of times because... Okay. A few into Berlin, too. I get uh, a couple of hours off before the Badgers game mm-hmm. tonight. I will be back on the J&K Security Solutions basketball postgame show after the game tonight. So I'm not going anywhere except perhaps to go out and get some uh, quick trip food because I need something for dinner tonight. I don't want to go home. I don't want to cook. I don't have time to cook. So I'm going to stop by my local Quick Trip and pick up a freshly prepared and absolutely delicious take-home meal. Uh, Some of my favorites. The fettuccine Alfredo with grilled chicken. Very good. Chicken penne. Outstanding. I personally am not much of a meatloaf guy. That's just me. But there's something for everybody. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Well, three out of four ain't bad because they also have spaghetti and meatballs, which are out of this world as well. Mm -hmm. So go to Quick Trip and, um, you know. Don't cook tonight. Nobody wants to cook tonight. No. Uh, Nobody wants any part of that nonsense. Uh, Sean Preble, who I do uh, mornings with on WIBA in Madison, uh, 1310, terrific broadcaster, um, and an all-around good guy. He uh, he and I were just talking about Quick Trip to mor- <laughs> this morning. He says, you know, when you, I told him, I said, when you walk into Quick Trip, man, it's just, you can't walk out of there without buying food because it's right there and it smells so good. Mm-hmm. Give me some of those hash brown sticks. <laughs> yes. You know, their pizzas are fantastic, too. Oh, the chocolate chip muffins. Oh, Well, it's the dinner time for rice you. Rice crispy cakes. So you're going home and you're getting some dinner. You have you have an hour drive home, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be hanging around Milwaukee tonight, though, because i got to get back here. i got to be back here in a few hours to do All right. early morning. So I'm doing a split shift this week. Um, so uh, You yeah. hung in there for the last three hours, though. I'm proud of you. Well, yeah, because here's how I do it. I, uh, you know, I get up at 3. Uh, come in, do the morning sports on uh, WIBA, and then uh, when show's over at 8 o'clock, go take a nap, get lunch, and then pretend it's a brand new day and start all over again. <laughs> and then you're back. So we're back here. Yeah. Uh, so what's your uh, takeaway of the show for today? Well, I think you, I, and Jocko all think that Wisconsin has great things ahead of them. Um, all wish Chi-Chi's was back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and If Chi-Chi's was back, they'd be a sponsor. They would be. But and, they're not. I mean, you well, mean buy like the picante sauce. And it's in the Taco store. Tuesday because here's what we did. You know, when you're when you're single, twenty three, uh, you're you're going to the happy hours because we'd go to Chi Chi's happy hour and they had the beans and they had the rice and they'd have the tacos out there so you could you know you'd order a beer or soda or whatever and then you'd you know that cost you a buck buck fifty and you'd eat all night. And that was dinner when you're 22 or 23. Okay. Uh, my takeaway from today's show is that you and Jocko have known each other way too long. 30 years. Well, 32 years probably. 32 years. We grew up in the same hometown. Okay. The, the fantastic city, the village of Greendale. Okay. Um, but we didn't go to the same high school. He went to Greendale. I went to Martin Luther, where they still have not let me into the Hall of Fame yet. You seem bitter about that. Well, I'm just, still, I mean, I don't know what the, oh, Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't think your any any kind of marriage Leroy, status has anything to do well, with that. Well, I don't know. You know, Lutheran high school sometimes. Uh, eh. I don't know. Maybe they might hold that against me. Eh. Maybe. Good. I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry, Jack was in the Hall of Fame, and, and you know. Well, I don't know if he is know. in Greendale, but he should oh. be. 
Well, okay. He should be. I don't I, I don't want to brag, but, yeah. you know. You're in the Waukesha North Hall of Fame. I am. So you're in the Waukesha North Hall of Fame. Yep. I am. No, well, no. I'm sorry. I'll I'm, get the Wisconsin I, I topped out in high school. I'm a high school Hall of Famer. What the... No, you didn't play sport. You played baseball. I played baseball okay. and a little bit of basketball. So I played basketball and baseball, but I was yeah, you know, I was not a star. By I, w- I, I wasn't put into the Hall of Fame for my athletic prowess. Well, I wouldn't be either. It's for yapping you know? my gums on the radio. Yeah, I would think that me too. Was, you know, done a few things, but broadcasting field, but apparently not good enough. All right, this was fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. We'll do that. we got Badgers basketball tonight on some of these stations, including our flagship station, 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. If you're listening to us on Fox Sports 1070 The Game in Madison, the basketball game will be over on 1310 WIBA. Uh, and that's where Chuck will be tomorrow morning starting. What time do you start tomorrow morning? Uh, first sportscast, 545 a.m. Right, bright and early. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us. If you are listening on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, you get an encore first hour of our show as well. So... That'll take you up to Badgers basketball at 7 o'clock. Have a great Tuesday night, everybody. I know who I want to take me home.